wanted to win. Left thinking, not only against the Vixen, which I really wasn't worried about, like battling her, it was just the fact that I didn't know the words because I had to make a lot of shit. And so I stayed up late at night trying to make sure that I had stuff ready for the, <laughs> the runway. I've said time and time again, money was my issue and I didn't have, I didn't have a repertoire of drag to bring from. But hey, <laughs> I may have not known the words, but the bitch didn't stand there. That America has to give to me. That cartwheel might have been sloppy, but I was trying not to kick the vixen, but the bitch didn't stand there, America. She wiggled. But still, she wiggled. Nevertheless, she wiggled. Fixed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, was just worried about a copyright situation. Oh, so, oh. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I don't know where to start. I'm gooped. I'm gagged in all the wrong ways. Um, I will say this as a starting point. The heart of the season went home in the heart of the season. Oh, interesting. So that's kind of an interesting, interesting point. Illusion. Sure. Um, I'm assuming she didn't come up with that because she's like, oh, this will be this little Easter egg. No, 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 no. no, no, no. She's she had that name. Yeah. Um, I I I mean, this was this little moment and untucked all of it. When I, she started crying from Asia's and then the Vixens note. Yeah, I know. After after the the fight that they had during untucked mm -hmm. and disloyal, and I mean, it was just like. Yeah. I kind of needed that for yeah. their friendship to remember like, okay, this happened first of all a year ago and uh, not, not only did it happen a long time ago, but even then there is resolution that mm -hmm. like tensions were high and people were hurt. And, right. and when you get hurt, then you mend it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, there has to be that thing that when you're eliminated, there has to be that moment where, and I don't know when it happens, <clears throat> maybe it's in the minivan on the way home, maybe it's when you're packing up your stuff, where all of a sudden, like, you pop your head out and you're not in the pressure cooker anymore. Right. And then you're like, oh, all of that was not what I thought it was. Yeah. And all of that tension was only in that situation. Yeah. And I don't. It's all gone now. Right. You know, and, I, and I'm sure there is some regret. You know what I mean? That you're not back in there with this perspective. Sure. I mean, the queens who get eliminated and get to come back must have that sense of like, okay, just remember these moments you were out of it. Just remember to right. hold on to this. Right, right. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's, it's like, certainly an advantage. Yeah. And so I really, I felt that watching her pack up of just like, damn, I just really wanted this. But facts are facts, America. You know, and I she doesn't make any excuses. I don't see any of this as an excuse for why she went home. Yeah, I mean, you could uh, well, I guess respond to then the critique that not having a lot of money is an excuse. You know, I know because Monet, and mm -hmm. I, I'll use Monet's words, is she says like, "I don't have a lot of money either." You know, you just got to step your pussy up. Like it, it's hard to watch. Like, yeah, we all have problems. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, and I don't know Monet's full story, but I do know that not having a lot of money in New York and not ha having a lot of money in Kansas City are different. Yeah. The cost of living might be higher in New York. In fact, I know it is. Um, but the cost of supplies and the cost for drag is the same. Yeah. And so I don't think it evens out that like, well, at the end of the day, it's, you know, apples to apples. I don't I don't think it's a. I don't know if it's a fair comparison. Yeah. And I know that um, on Review with a Jew, Cracker was even saying like she she didn't have uh, she was raising money for her looks mm -hmm. when she found out that she got onto 
to drag race yeah and then kind of ran out of time like yeah. she 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 got the fabric and then didn't get to make anything so she's mm-hmm. like all right let me just pack this yeah yeah. And I'll figure it out in the moment. Yeah. And it's, I mean. I, and she even says, she's like, you know, next time on Whatcha Packin', she's like, next time I'm going to come with the looks. Oh, I am here for the All-Stars 4 Moni Cart redemption story. The bi- bitch is back and she's yeah. got a budget. Right. America, I'm back. And yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I really think that's going to happen. Totally. Um, because I think that makes perfect sense. Because she had, no pun intended, sense. <laughs> um, ha, ha, ha. Um, but, uh I mean, because when you think about it, it's like, well, you can you can buy fabric, you can you can you can get the supplies. That's just a money situation, right? But you can't buy talent, you can't buy charisma, no, you can't absolutely buy not. Like, absolutely not the nerve that it took her to, yeah. despite all of those odds, right? Nevertheless, she still wiggled. Yeah, and you know what? There are many people arguing that had she known the words, mm-hmm. maybe she would have stuck around a little bit longer. I would not be shocked. I think there were very few little moments we saw where she knew the words. And granted, the wig was off, but I kind of love oh. the, rev- the the illusion even more. Uh, maybe. Oh, but I love a bald queen. Um, <laughs> I think that's a running theme. I mean, me too. But yeah. at the same time, like, I don't know. I, I kind of abide by those rules. I like, know. I know. There's going to be a wig reveal. Like, make it a reveal. Sure. Her, her wig was falling off. And I that's know. why she took it off. I know. But I just kind of, I made the most of the final product. I get it. It's like, well, it looks I get cool. it. We love her. Yeah. You know, we're biased. Um, yeah, totally. Oh, subjective is all. Hell, yeah. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, but I, I, it's not that I don't see any of those, you know, any of those shortcomings. Um, and that, oh, I think she should have won. I just think that her story is just like, it, it's so, I don't know, it's so meaningful because it really does show like all of the work that it really takes to do drag. And it's not just about the hours of makeup, it's not just about how uncomfortable the looks are, it's not just about the late hours, it's also just the economics of drag. It's also just the economics of time um, and, and opportunity. Do you think that there should be a kind of budget cap for queens coming into the season? Um, uh, that's a good question. I. I think that at this point it's not possible because people are expecting the spectacle. I oh. think that they have to keep the budget high. But um, then how are you going to have a diverse set of queens? Because this was a very diverse cast in terms of race, in terms of class, mm-hmm. in terms of geography. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm curious uh, how they can maintain that and then also keep it kind of equitable. Mm hmm. I don't know. I think again, we've talked about Courtney Courtney Axe wings. It's just like, how do you compete with that? Mm -hmm. Well, I think as drag, of course, becomes a little more mainstream and becomes not just something you can pay your bills with, but have a somewhat lucrative career. Like you, if if you you put in the time and the hours, and you have a product, and you kind of diversify your revenue as a drag queen. You can have a pretty good life and a pretty decent drag budget. I get it, but I mean, it's kind of like the chicken and the egg, right? Mm -hmm. Because now drag race girls are kind of saturating the nightclub market. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that because of that, it is, it's raising the expectations. Right. And I don't think there's anything they can do because this is the tie they created. Okay. Like every season they do something bigger and more spectacular. But can't they cap? Can't they cap how much like money you've spent or you show receipts or in some way? I don't know because I'm thinking about these local queens now that are Mm -hmm. making essentially less money now because of the drag race, you know, fandom. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it, it is going to become more about, well, I started with more money mm-hmm. going into drag race yeah. or going into drag, you know, and yeah. and when you start there, it, it, you know, it's it, I don't know. I, no, it's I know. A problem. You, I know what you're saying. I'm just I, I'm just having this feeling of like, well, geez, this is the problem they created. I don't know how yeah. you stop it. Yeah, I, I think know. it's I think they created we created as consumers. Sure. You know, like we 
of course, like, because we're saying this and I agree with you. And then I think, oh, but my expectation is that every season. Oh, yeah. They I'm going to see even more. Yeah. And, and then this looks going to blow my mind. I'm going right. to see an Asia O'Hara with right. an Ikea lamp on her head. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's a far cry from season two. And there are so many season two winning looks that would be considered bottom looks now. Oh, fair. Only because they're not over the top right. enough. Right. You know? Right. Um, they're not Chris March from Project Runway Drag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know because I feel like at the same time, I don't I don't necessarily think that Dragula is the platform for this, but I I would love to see you know, why not have more drag shows, right? Sure. One that really shows like basically like Project Runway, where you are making your yeah. drag and it's yeah. just about the art and the construction. Yeah. Threading and, needles, yeah. like bleeding fingers. Yeah. yeah. That there's no advantage of well, I've got these ten thousand dollar wings in my suitcase. Right. You know? Right. Um, I mean imagine if one season they were like, Okay, you you get to bring fabric. Yeah. Yeah, you just get to bring fabric. Right. Yeah. It's a risk mm-hmm. for, as as a show, but Right. You know, then you cast queens that you know, like can sew and make these looks, and you know, and have yeah. that as well. It, it, you know, sure, it would be kind of in a way taking a step step back into design, as we've mm-hmm. talked about many, many, many times. That this show went from design to performance, and mm-hmm. now it's not as focused on how fast can you turn out a look. Yeah, yeah, it's just. I mean, there's a focus on how great your look is, but I think there's less of a consideration of how much time that takes because. You know, like if you have like the first challenge, right, where it's uh, or, you know, the first challenge of season nine, I was gonna say, where they're constructing all these looks. Um, it is all about we know they have a time constraint. Oh, we, season 10? I guess season 10 even. Yeah, well. yeah. I forgot season 10. But we know we know that Monet couldn't finish that sponge dress. And so she did what she could. We know that different queens worked with it within a time constraint. Yeah. Um, you have that consideration in your mind when you're looking at the look. OK. But when you're, you know, there's. When that isn't on the table, we forget how long this takes. Right. And so right. we see these. And that sometimes it was not done by this queen. Yeah. That they're a model right now. Right. For Christopher Pelou, you know. Right. Palau. And that even yeah. like, you know, even here, like we didn't really see until Monique told us like how little time they had between like, you know, doing Snatch Game and then having the runway. Right. So if you have to make your entire look in that period of time, I mean, then with that consideration, do I think Monique's look was still great or was, you know, was was great because she did it in 30 minutes. Sure. I don't know if it was great, but I appreciate what she pulled off in 30 minutes. Right. And, you know, as far as her, like, I was working and I didn't learn the words, I mean, sure, she could have learned that lip sync, but maybe she didn't think she was going to be in the bottom two because there was another kind of obvious contender for bottom two who turned out, for me, one of the most interesting looks of the runway. Oh, yeah. If not the most, but like probably the second. Yeah, that look was, I yeah, I'm excited to talk about that look. Yeah. (laughs) I just love oceanography. Yeah, right. Love it. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Um, The grunion run. Yeah, this this is going to be grunion run realness. Um, Yeah, I... um, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. It's tough. I guess I, part of me is probably just being a Monique Hart apologist, but I guess it's also like I don't want to just fall into the trap of just saying, "Oh, well, that look wasn't opulent enough, and that look sure. wasn't extreme." Well, enough. and it's 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 interesting now because we're we we have come with, up with a crop of queens that we all kind of love and all have these different strengths, and it's kind of coming down to very much you and me. When we watch the show, we kind of fall in love with who these Queens are. Right. And yeah, we, we like the drags and we like the looks and we looks, looks, looks like mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah. But we also like really connect with like a Katya, mm-hmm. right. With a Sasha Valor who, you know, arguably didn't do 
you know, amazing, amazing during the season. But right. there was something else that she was giving us, just like Monique, Monique Hart just was constantly spewing wisdom at yeah. us to our faces, addressing us directly. Yeah. And it was yeah. hard to not just connect with that. She was ultimately, like for me, such a fan favorite. Absolutely. And for her to go home this early, it was it was a surprise. And I think deservedly is another clip of the week this week. And I think mm-hmm. that's why we kind of needed to feature her again, because it was it's what people were talking about. Like, yeah, God damn it. You know, why did she go home? We didn't want her to go home. Yeah. It, it's hard to imagine a season without her. She was just such a good energy in the room. Yeah. But at the same time, and she was I thought she was doing great. I think she was. You know, I, I think. I think that this whole looks this was thing a misstep. Was I mean? I think that she was going to continue to have this challenge against her of sure. having to create her looks. Because yeah. um, no doubt I mean, she got through a ball. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, but you know, no doubt there were more. I mean, at a, at a, a certain point, you know, like she had so many more runways ahead of her. Oh right. I mean, that's yeah. It, that's a lot of work. That's a lot to take on, and be feeling the mounting pressure of being against so many. Other talented. Oh, queens, sure. I mean, look, uh, probably looking at Aquarius Closet. Yeah. Or even Asia. Crackers. Yeah. yeah. Asia. So mm-hmm. you're just like, what? Right. So you're always reminded that, like, you don't have as much. You don't have as much. You're always yeah. being shown what you can't make in a half hour. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and I, and I know we'll get to it, but I, I, I did think it was kind of a low blow. And I know also emotionally reactive for the Vixen to look straight at Monique and say, well, you're the one that's the most unprepared for this competition. Yeah, that's not fair. I didn't think that was fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I th- and it was uh, definitely an emotional reaction. Oh, completely. Because she was feeling like totally slapped in the face by her friends. She just, yeah, and she just needed to feel right about something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the bittersweet thing about a queen like Monique going home is like, obviously she's leaving and that's unfortunate. But I feel like, it's all just starting for Monique. I mean, she's. Oh my god! I really believe that. I really just think she's hosting some like grinder awards thing. Thank God, right? Well, what? <laughs> hey, you know what? It's a gig. I yeah, hope they sure. paid her well. Sure. She got some new shoes out of it. I think. She, I think I saw a picture. She had an incredible look. Um, but she's getting gigs. You know I mean already yeah. she's getting gigs? Yeah. And that says something. And yeah. she's. I think she's. You know, now she's touring. Yeah. Um, she's got to get more merch out there. She only has like four things on her website. Right. Um, she's got a great little keychain. Um, so we we gotta get it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like, this is cute. I'm into yeah. this. So you know, and I think that's kind of like people who are sad about Monique Hart leaving. It's like, oh, you know, where do you put those feelings? It's like, buy her merch, go yeah. see her show, tip her. Yeah, right. Like, right. That's exactly what you can do. Man, yeah. open invite to Monique Hart on the All Right Mary podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Like, Just to come up with merch ideas, you know. Yeah, America. <laughs> I'm sorry you went home, but, you know. <laughs> She'll be back. She'll be back. She'll be back. Facts or facts? Facts or facts, America. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, Colin, why don't we uh, move into the Snatch Game, which I can't believe we didn't even mention that this week was Snatch Game. Right. Uh, um, we should just jump into this episode and let our, Marys what they're li- let, their, let our Marys know what they're listening to. Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. Uh, which is our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little beady beady TV show. I'm Johnny, and I'm staying on the ground, bitch! And I'm Colin, and I don't have a read for you, Mary. Just, just fuck me! Just fuck me! <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> and obviously, we are. Uh, hi, mom. Uh, we are continuing our. Um, <laughs> we are continuing our recap of season ten with, of course, Snatch Game. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, this is the. Uh, it, it's funny because it was the, the mini challenge and the main challenge that I, I most wait for. Oh yeah, yeah. You I know? mean, these are the staples. It, it, it's funny because we always wait for Snatch Game, and I'm always a little like. Oh, that was good. You know, because yeah. I'm always waiting for another All-Stars 2 or a season six, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like you having to remember that more often than not, Snatch Game is usually kind of a dud. Yeah. I mean, but I did look... I- I loved season eights. I thought season eights was great. It, well, usually, I mean, you had Chichi Devane, you had Bob the Drag Queen, yeah, you had it's, Thorgy. It's its parts, right? Like you know, the the whole of the game is not usually great, but there's always parts of it that are great. Yeah, Bob was great. Oh my god. Yeah, Chichi's right. Eartha Kit. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Um, Jocelyn Fox as <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> You know, uh, prostitution horses. horses. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's lots of like little. I mean, obviously, the season six snatch game is just oh, it's iconic, glorious. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one, I mean, can I ask you a little trivia question, real yeah, quick? Yeah, sure, you can. Who was Courtney Act in season six snatch game? She was Fran Drescher. Oh, okay. Oh, Mister right. Sheffield. Right. I could do a better Fran Drescher than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I I know my stuff. Um, I would say this season snatch game was. Not one of the stronger ones. Okay. I would say there were little elements here and there that I definitely appreciated, but I don't know if anyone, I don't think I laughed out loud. Maybe Monet once or twice. I laughed out at Monet and I did laugh out loud with Aquaria. I thought yeah. the, the, the note in the box, <clears throat> I was like, oh, yes. Yes. And then her banter with China, I, oh. I was like, okay, that was really well played. Mm hmm. Uh, a very I, good move. I will say this about Aquaria this episode. I mean, I think last week I kind of had to let the waves overtake me and, okay, and you know, dip into the cool waters of Aquaria. <laughs> Ebb and flow. Yes. Well, I... It's high tide. Yeah. Well, you know, they say life's like a river. Be the water, not the rock. <laughs> and so I'm just trying to like go with the flow uh-huh. because I... I'm head over heels for Aquarius. Oh, you are? I think that she is... Well, I'll get into that, too. I mean, th- there was a lot of new information that we learned mm-hmm. about Aquaria. Uh, just uh, her, how the, how she's being presented now. Yeah. As opposed to before. I think that we, we're really seeing... Obviously, there's some editing, but we're really seeing her growing in the sense that she's like... she's. It, it's very rem- reminiscent of Violet Chachki, where she kind of puts down the defenses and says, okay, all right, I'll listen. Right. Okay, I'll hear okay. you. And I'm sensing that from her, and it's like it makes sense because when you look at her drag, you forget that sometimes her words don't come out right or she she doesn't say things how she wants to. That comes with time. That's fine. When you look at her drag, it's like, well, obviously she's brilliant. Yeah. So she's very well studied. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just give some snatch game stats, or as Monique Hart would say, facts, America. Facts, America. Um, so it's worth noting Mm -hmm. that if you wins if you win snatch game 50 percent of the time you're gonna make it to the top three okay 50 percent mm-hmm. so aquaria she's got half a chance facts are facts america and then not i guess not half a chance right i guess that's not how you say it um and then uh if you win snatch game 25 percent of the time you win drag race i like those odds one out of four all right um 88% or 88, 87.5% of the time, if mm-hmm. we're going to be there, um, you get to the top five. Okay. And 62.5% of the time, you make it to the top four. So winning Snatch Game is a game changer. Yeah. There's only one queen who did not make it to, out of all winners, um, who did not make it to the top 
five. Yeah, Stacy Lane Matthews. Stacy Lane. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Um. Well, that's a statch game. <laughs> yeah. If anybody wants to like check my numbers, I counted Ginger and Kennedy as one. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think the Vixen says at one point this episode that like snatch game is a mile marker, and it's kind of like to get to that point is really, I think, for a lot of queens, their first official checkpoint. Yeah. Of, like checking in on where they are in the yeah, competition. Lap one. Yeah. You know? How they're stacking up. Right. Um, who, you know, who feels like a front runner. Like, that's a good time to start assessing that. Yeah, because now you look around, you're like, oh, there's seven of us. Yeah, yeah. It also, like, means something. Three to get people to... are going to go home, mm-hmm. and then there's going to be top four. Sorry, go ahead. No, but it also means something to get to Snatch Game, I think, when you think about <clears throat> your performance on the show. Yeah. There's something to be said for, well, I made it to Snatch Game. Right. At least I made it to Snatch yeah. Game. We say that about Queens all the time. I hope she at least makes it to yeah, Snatch Game. Yeah, get her Snatch Game. I yeah. her Snatch Game character. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so it, I think, and I think that's kind of, it's it's some point after this that the turning point comes where I think as Rue said in season two, she has to start sending home her best girls. Right. You know, I mean, I think she's already had to send some, send home some best girls. Sure. But that feeling starts to set in of like, oh, these goodbyes just get harder yeah. and harder. Yeah. Because it's like, not to jump ahead, but it's like, well, shit, who's next? Yeah. Right. I, I'm not, move. Yeah, we get there and we get There's there. strong opinions about <clears throat> who should be next. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm just gonna say this upright, upfront that if the challenge is what I think, I think it's a singing. Sure. It's, but I think, and it's singing as well. Um, I don't know if it's singing or lip syncing. Mm. I think it might be singing, and then they like lip sync their own singing. Okay. Um, but in any event, come on, Monet, this is your challenge. I have seen a quick clip of her doing uh the um oh the, in the Native American Champs, yeah Gypsy Champs and, Thieves, and she's yeah. giving me. I know I'm jumping. Oh, half Cherokee. It's, yeah, doing half Cherokee, yeah. and she's reminding me of Peppermint in the um, the top final four oh, song. She's sure. giving me some of the same moves, and uh-huh. I was like, "Oh, perfect! That's a high compliment. <laughs> That's great." Um, I really want next week to be Monet's win. All right. Um, so I just say that now. Okay. So I don't forget. Yeah, get that out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we open up. Vixen has to wipe the mirror um, from Blair. Uh, Blair Saint Blair Saint Blair. Um, Blair Saint Blair. And, and yeah, she's she's shook. Yes. Oh, sorry. I'm like, I'm on. Where are my notes at? Um, oh, my notebooks. All my, oh, here we are. Yes. Um, oh, I, this is why um, I was on the right page. I guess the first note that I took was when we cut to them on a the couch. Yeah. And Eureka starts to try to give the vixen a compliment. I was like, what? What? And then it was like, oh, 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 <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, okay. no, you're going the Not wrong way. Not a compliment. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's, now, like, <laughs> it's a backhanded compliment. Right. It's like when you're playing. Know, we're wearing, we're on a drag queen couch right yeah. now. Yeah. It's like when you're playing Mario Kart and you realize you're going in the wrong direction <laughs> and the little U-turn sign comes up. <laughs> right, right, right. She right. was definitely being lapped. Um <laughs> She needed that bullet thing to catch her. Yeah, up. it was interesting. It was, but you know what? I think it also gave uh, a chance for the vixen to kind of be like, "Well, yeah, they'll have that too. Mm-hmm. Thank you for yeah. that. Um, yep, that's also part of my brand. That's also part of like why you know why people look up to me." Yeah, um, I I don't want to like dig into it too much, but I I don't know why Eureka's compliment went off the rails. <clears throat> I mean, I thought that it was it came from a genuine place, and I think Eureka is dying to to give advice to the vixen that mm-hmm. is, you know, or to have some kind of connecting moment or yeah, trying or, or mm-hmm. just being like, Hey, you know, like you are so brilliant and you're so mm-hmm. smart, you know, no, no. And you know, remember that you have people looking up to you, but blah, blah. it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she wants to win her over <clears throat> and finally get that hug. Right. <clears throat> right. Um, 
So yeah. the note I have after that is just that we get two Act One guns back to back. We get um, Asia talking about the vixen's anger mm-hmm. and you know just how she. You know when do you it. leave it? When mm-hmm. do you use it? Yeah. And then it's when Monique says, you know, basically she's like, "Listen, if I got to be safe till I get to the top, then I'll do it." Right. You know who else said that? Shakule. No, <laughs> Alyssa Edwards. Oh. She said no. no she said, "If I got a lip sync for my life every week to get to the top, then that's what I'll do." Right. And uh, you know that. That's, that's not how this game is played. Right. And I thought that was interesting because I do think Monique is kind of the Alyssa of this season. Oh, in the sense that she is like charismatic, is yeah. the character. The she commentator. Could, she could basically come out on the runway, you know, mm-hmm. and do whatever and we love her. Right, exactly. Yeah. She is the commentator. She is the kind of like breakout character fan favorite right, kind of right. role. <clears throat> well, it's interesting that she said, she's like, I don't care if I'm safe this whole time and then mm-hmm. I get to the end and I win because I'm going to take my check. Yeah. And then I immediately thought of Shea Coulee fans and I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You're not supposed to take no, the check. Don't do that. <laughs> that didn't go well. Right, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're thrust into my favorite mini challenge of the season. Yeah. With the reading challenge. Of course, we get another political dig about the Department of Education. Yeah, I was going to say, how about that little like yeah, Easter egg? Yeah, another one yeah. with the budget cuts. Um, um, if anybody isn't following that story, because I know that there's a lot politically going on in America, especially for viewers that don't know what's going on, but like it's it's it's... It's not sensationalized. It is mm. a problem. There are uh, budget cuts are being slashed left and right from state and federal money. Yeah. Because there's just it, there's no there's no money. There's yeah. No money in the banana stand, Mary. Yeah. I mean, I think was that the the Michelle Wolf's uh, speech at the um, the correspondence correspondence dinner? dinner where she said, "No, I'm actually in favor of them t- giving teachers guns so they can sell them for things they really need, like supplies." <laughs> <clears throat> and I was like, "Yeah, exactly." Yeah, fair. Um, yeah. So, uh, yes, and I also want to just give props to Monet's jumper romper thing. Oh, it was. Oh, well, yeah. It was I really wish cute. I could dress like that. Yeah, I, think was, looked, I could see you in something like oh, that. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said yeah, to me. I could me. see you in Thank something you. like that. Yeah, yeah well, she looked. She looked very kind of like couture. Right. Meets like chorus line. Yeah, she had the little like jacket on. She had this little pose, and I was yeah. like, "Okay, yeah, I'm here for it." Yeah, I'm into. Yeah. This luck. Yeah. Yeah. This this lurk, as uh, RuPaul would say. <laughs> um, I also loved this was, I think, one of my favorites. She done already has hers those videos with the um, and I'm not talking about that thing with Carrot Top. I was young and he needed the money. And he needed the money. She yeah. was acting. Yeah. She was she was putting those acting classes to work. It was all right. I, I thought it was cute. <laughs> it was all right. I love when Ru does like a different character. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean I I love her, you know, punny jokes. Yeah. You know, um, Carrot Top. Yeah. That's a good reference. <laughs> um, so I thought maybe for the reading challenge we would just kind of maybe reflect on the winner mm. which again I think is always very subjective yeah uh, they show us what they want us to see um, yes this felt and, more like a highlight reel yeah most seasons you kind of see the highs and the lows right and, this and re- they show the most of the one who won yeah you know? yeah exactly um, so I thought we'd pick maybe our top favorite three mm-hmm. and then you know maybe I don't know, talk about it sure. I will say Cameron surprised me I did not think that this was gonna be her challenge but she totally got the character Oh, yeah, no, no, I think Cameron, she did fine. I think, I mean, the note I have is fine. Yeah. Because okay. um, one of my top three was uh, her read on Monet Exchange. I thought that was good. Just yeah. an exchange. <clears throat> I would have asked for a full refund. Yeah. It was uh, clever and, yeah. uh, you know, not shady. Or, I mean, not 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 mean. Not you know? mean. <laughs> Just like a clever play. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. mean. It was, <clears throat> you know, shady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I... 
uh, I guess, oh, I liked, I did like the Vixen's read of Cameron. I, you know, I guess I speak for all of us when I say, we're all going to miss you next week. Oh. I thought that was really clever. Um, I liked Aquaria's read of the Vixen when she said, the villain, the Vixen. Right. And then watching her face, she was like, oh, yeah, you got, like, me, gal. <laughs> you got me, gal. got me, gal. Yeah. That's um, adorable. <clears throat> I, I did, to give credit where it's due, I will say, I did like when Eureka said, I can't wait to hear your reads about how, about me being fat. Oh, it was, it, that was top for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I remember us not knowing what this was. Did she not steal that kitchen joke from Trinity Taylor? Remember Trinity made some kind of, was it Snatch Game that or um, the reading challenge that, she, that Trinity had that read against Shay? About the kitchen? Yeah. Oh. And I was just like, of all the queens to take a joke from, <laughs> you're done and she's going to tell you why you're done. Well, I love that now I know because of our Marys what a kitchen is. No, I know. Me too. <laughs> me too. I was like, I know what that is. I know what she's talking about. It felt really good. Kitchen is a mess. Yeah, so thank you, Marys, um, (laughs) for those who educated us back in season nine. Sure. Um, I also loved Monet's read of Cracker. Oh, It was so filled with love and fun. And I like, I mean, obviously that little perfect sound clip at the end. And that shade. And that shade. That was great. Oh, and the queen's reacting to that. (gasps) Oh, was it Monique and the the Vixen running away? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was the best part to yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, bitter that uh, you're a NY New York City queen that needed to fuck Bob the drag queen to get to the top. I mean, wow. Yeah, yeah. One, well, it's yeah. great knowing they're like her little... face after. I was yeah. like, oof. But they're little best friends. So, oh like, yeah, it's for such sure. A, for like, sure. No, no. You can tell that this was actually. I mean, I was a little nervous with um, Aquaria and Eureka reading the Vixen, but I mm-hmm. think like the rules are like that's how you do it, and the Vixen's yeah. here for it. And, you know, yeah. It, I mean, it, they're all here for it. The library is open to everybody. Yeah. And it made mm-hmm. it made sense. I'm still waiting for somebody to throw shade at RuPaul during a reading challenge. Mm. But Pearl, like, she's in the room, to. you know. Pearl, like, remember that was like Pearl's joke, and she's like, and RuPaul, and then and then RuPaul was like, oh no, you're done, bitch. You need to sit down. <laughs> so she's the only one I think who did it. Okay, yeah. well, good for Pearl. Yeah, you know, Flazita. Yeah, Flazita. <laughs> um, she woke up. Is there something on my face? Yeah, she woke up like that. Yeah. Um, so. I felt like even Rue didn't really want to give Eureka the win. She oh, really? Was like, uh, Eureka. Like, I guess I can't deny it. I would have given it to Monet. Oh, I certainly yeah. would have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and unbiasedly, I would have given it to Monet. Yeah. But, but I, you know, hers, hers was strong. I mm-hmm. mean, it was also strong because it was different. In the sense that, like, she kind of spun it around mm-hmm. and, and read them all at the same time. Yeah, she kind of, like... She she basically did what Delta did talked about in season three where she's like, I, I've he- I, I've heard the fat jokes before. Try harder. Right. Do right. give me something new I haven't heard. Right. Um. I do want to give credit to what I wrote down was Vixen's eyelid nuance. Um. When oh. she says waiting for you to go home and she kind of like rubs her eyelid. Ooh. I just love those little like micro expressions. Sure. You sure. know. Yeah. Um. It tells me everything. My face is telling you everything you need to know right now. Oh yeah. Com. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean like um, there's one that Aquaria does later where I'm like well, that's all I needed to see. Oh is it. During Snatch Game or it's during Untucked. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. we'll get there. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> so then we then we know it's Snatch Game. Yeah, and girls are gagged. RuPaul, excited. I think, tells them like twenty times in different ways to make him laugh. Yep. He says, "Make me laugh my blank off." You know, this we we didn't get all RuPaul talking to all the queens, right? Mm. So Monet, we didn't get her talking to RuPaul. Um, did we? No, we did. We did, didn't we? No. no. I guess we didn't. We did not. Oh. And I... we didn't get Cameron talking to RuPaul. No. And we didn't get the Vixen talking to RuPaul, did we? No, we did not. Right. <clears throat> so you have those three, and I'm kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. so we're, what are we going to learn about them? And I guess m- with the Vixen, 
we got a lot more later. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cameron and Monet was just like, Meh. yeah, we just I mean, heard them talk about it, you mm-hmm. know, with the other queens. Well, I, I mean, Sister Mary Glenda, um, to highlight the best supporting actress role that Snatch for Snatch Game every season. There's right. always the one who wins, and then there's the sure. kind, it's kind of like the other one who was, and I think Monet, oh, was best supporting actress. We'll get to that, Mary, because mm-hmm. she she mm-hmm. was not the best supporting actress. She was the best actress. I mean, I guess in terms of like. If you're, re- or if, I mean, if uh, Aquaria was to win, who else was good? Right. I think that Monet should have won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, then Monet was, yeah, she's, yeah, right. Yeah, but if she's not gonna, I'm gonna give her that. Yeah, you best know? supporting actress. Um, yeah. I think there's reasons why Eureka is not. Um, okay, well, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, I don't want to just. Kind of I know. Sorry. Confound. I'm, it's I'm, okay. Um, it's I'm fine. Just dropping like little hints of things we're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, it keeps us on 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 our toes. Yeah. Um, Bianca Del Rio was hilarious, um, and I thought that she was really constructive for the most part. Oh yeah, Bianca Del Rio. She. I. I wrote Aunt Bianca giving you Endora realness. Mm, right. Endora. Right. Yeah. And I have to say, like, I know that I've said that Asia is like the adult of the series, but I take it back. I mean. Bianca, she is the adult of Drag Race. Oh, you think so? Absolutely. I think Asia is amazing. Yeah. I think, you know, we need to see more. We need to see your lips, well, you know? You, well, whenever I see Rue talking to a peer, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before. Just like... There's oh, certainly that. This mm-hmm. is... Yeah. Like when she goes over to Alaska, you right. know... Right. She, it, or she goes over to Sasha, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey... She knows that yeah. she can talk to them like another professional drag queen. Sure. Um, but seeing Bianca in the room, and I think... She is she the first contestant to have some kind of like quote unquote judging role? Bianca? Yeah. Um, or constructive role. Well, there's uh Alyssa Edwards. Oh, that's right. No, that's true. You're right. Yeah. Um yeah, and I feel like I think back in like season three, I think maybe season four, I think Tyra and Raja show up towards the end. Okay. To kind of talk to the girls. Interesting. Um, but I feel like Bianca is in the room not as a former contestant. She's here as like a drag professional. Sure, and promoting Hurricane Bianca. So, yeah. Well, certainly. Yeah. Staying, she's in, staying in the world. Yeah, and she was funny. She gave great jokes with Cracker. She was really great. funny. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I want to talk about um, the the edit, or at least like the, pro- the production here going on with these workroom um, discussions between mm-hmm. RuPaul and the Queens. Uh you know, she talks to Monique and basically steers her in the wrong direction, right? She basically says, oh, let's hear more Maxine Waters. And she keeps going with Maxine Waters. She never says like, okay, let's hear Cookie Lion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the things that people have been talking about is that no one told Monique that Cookie wouldn't be an option, but Taraji P. Henson would. Right. <clears throat> I do, and I think we talked about this before we started recording, but these are details that like, Snatch game, you really don't have an excuse to not be prepared. Okay, you know before you even audition that this is going to happen. Yeah, you got to you got to come with a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you got to come with one that you already know is going to work. It's, yeah, yeah. And I have to imagine that in the guidelines for auditioning or somewhere, the information must be made available, or you just watch the show. You know, you can't do copywritten characters. Okay, and equally, even if you even if you showed up with Cookie. And I love you, Monique. So all this comes from the heart. Sure. Um, still beating, still loving. Um, even if you couldn't do Cookie, your Maxine Waters should have been on fucking point. Right. Because it's Snatch Game. Right. And you know it's coming. I was waiting for her to at least drop a scumbag line. I mean, that's another yeah. famous Maxine Waters kind of read. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's it's hard it's hard mm-hmm. like because uh, it is kind of a deep cut and you kind of have to embody this character and yeah. just kind of know and come i think that maxine waters was tricky i think so i think that there's two different approaches i think there's probably a few but i think there's two basic approaches to a successful snatch game i think you either get the nuances of the character and then anything you do as them it's like it's the nuances that are funny so like even though Paul Lind was really funny with the pick with the punchlines, the delivery was so good. Sure, you know, or you know, I think the Little Richard was really good. Or sure, Carol I mean, Channing, I think of you know? Ariana Grande, where mm-hmm. like the nuances were all there, but she still she, it still wasn't funny. You have to have jokes, so you do also have to have jokes, mm-hmm. and I think jokes actually trump. Sorry. Mm. Um, they they override the character. Oh, if you if so, you just make her laugh, if, it's fine. That's it. You just have to make her laugh. But I think that it, it's a combination of having. I think the really good ones have both. Sure. But I think that you can get away with just jokes, right? And you can't get away with just nuance, right? No. Yeah. Um. And you know, not to jump ahead, but I do think that when we talk about Aquaria, I do think that she surprised me how she was able to accomplish both yeah she definitely did yeah yeah no it was interesting um um she you know we uh, there's that whole moment with eureka with divine versus honey boo boo i i was kind of like okay this was like shangela with miss cleo yeah <clears throat> i was like you're self-producing right um you never had this conflict you were gonna do honey boo boo yeah. in season nine why would you not do it now sure that being said i mean i would love to see a queen do divine yeah i think obviously ginger minge would be great okay you know who i think probably would have been good at it we'll never know Penetration. Oh. I think that she could have pulled that off. Okay. We don't know. Uh, Darian Lake. Sure. You know. Um, does it have to be a big queen? Um, it doesn't have to, but I... And th- does it have to be a white queen? It does not have to be either. I just think that because it's divine, I think that the size is important because uh-huh. it's part of the drag. It's okay, part sure. of the illusion. Sure. Um, that being said, Pearl did Big Ange. Yep. There is, you know, uh, Thorgy did Michael Jackson. Yep. Uh, you know, et cetera and so forth. Right. Um, but I do feel like Divine, if you get that that like growly voice, if you mm. get that Divine, mm. you could just run away with this game. Yeah. Um, she can't help it. The girl can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. The cha-cha heels. Mm-hmm. And these are references Rue loves. Yeah. So if you show Rue you know these references, he's going to die just because it's like you're speaking his language. Right, right. So right. it's disappointing. Um. um so Asia... Asia don't do Beyonce Asia don't do Beyonce Asia don't do Beyonce yeah. Asia who are you gonna do Beyonce it was it was I was kind of like I don't know what's going on yeah I, I I I don't care how good you think your impression is of Beyonce like it I don't you know you have to be funny as Beyonce yeah there, there. be funny as Beyonce let's yeah. start there yeah and unfortunately Asia she didn't come with any jokes and she relied kind of on her banter too much. And mm-hmm. I'll talk about this later, but she was all over the place. Oh, it was kind of hard to watch. It was, I mean, she was all over the place. Like, what is funny about Beyonce? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Well, I will say that Jade Nova, she st- recently starred in Forbidden with Todrick mm-hmm. Hall. She does the best impression of Beyonce that I've ever heard. All right, I'll watch that. And Jade Nova. Okay. That's, it's, it's funny because it's so good. Okay, then because that's what I want to see. I want to see someone do this in a she way that does, uh, There's a clip of Jade Nova doing Beyonce singing and doing all commercials. Mm-hmm. So she does like McDonald's. Pa, 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 pa. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. All right, all right. I'll give this a go. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, that's my Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To quote RuPaul, that was not funny at all. 
<laughs> that was a great quote. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> can I just go back to Monique for two seconds? Sure. Uh, because there's a couple things I want to just make sure that I mention. One, you know, when RuPaul asks her, uh, you know, as as Maxine Waters, like, what's on, what's what's on, on the menu yeah, at right. the cafeteria, I am just so appreciative that Monique Hart brought the Greens, Beans, Tomatoes song to Drag Race. Are you familiar with that? No. Oh, well... I can assure you, Marys, no one will be whiter than me trying to do the song, so I will just describe it. Okay. It is a remix of uh, some kind of um, church singer, preacher. I, I don't know what she is getting her life. It's, it's like a church moment. Okay. And so someone has remixed it okay. into this like... This this beat this this. Oh, maybe thing. I have heard this. Yeah, she's like, I got oh, greens. Yes, beans, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Oh my god, I totally know this. Yeah. Oh, okay, of course. Thank of you. Of course. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll post it on Twitter. It, oh, it's so funny, and I just was so grateful that she brought it to the oh, show. Wow. Yeah. The new ones. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm I also, I'm kind of on the note of what you said about RuPaul talking to a peer. When RuPaul says to Monique, make a fucking funny bitch. Yeah. Right. That's the real RuPaul. Sure. Because she's got a potty mouth. Right. And. I think she's that, a pervert. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about that. I think she loves perverted jokes. I think oh. she loves the word pussy. But I think like yeah. pervert sounds like. Oh, I don't mean like that. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean like you know like a yeah. like a fourteen year old boy. He likes yeah. dirty jokes. Yeah. yeah. Dirty jokes. Um. But I think that that really shows. Oh yeah, Rue really likes Monique. Right. Um. And then I just wanted to know maybe it's because they're wearing the same glasses. <laughs> exact <laughs> same glass. glasses. Like. <laughs> I loved it. I just wish someone. I wish. I don't know why they didn't say like, "Oh, LAR I works." <laughs> She's like, no. "Nice glasses, Rue. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Moving Thanks. on. It's for safe." <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I'm sorry. So we'll go back to Asia. I just didn't. Michael Kors. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't want to miss those moments. No worries. I have not much else to say about Asia except that, like, oh God, she really did really try to help her here yeah and i i mean i, I understand her other her other option was whitney houston yeah she sh she also could have done whitney houston without yeah. the cocaine and it i think been she fine. could have i think and i took that note that like i think she was unprepared to do beyonce if you really get the nuances of like a late whitney down it doesn't have to just be about the drugs i think yeah. it can just be the personality right she's kind of um, all over the place yeah. yeah and i think it could have been done um i understand why she couldn't do it with powdered sugar obviously like come on you know that's not gonna fly on uh, VH1, not, yeah, on VH1 or on Drag Race in general, okay. even even when it was on Logo, there was there's never been any kind I of cocaine. I don't jokes? think so, and I was just kind of running through the Rolodex. I think there might have been. I don't think we've ever seen that. Mary's obviously. Come on, they'll let us know. Help us out. Um, <clears throat> Cracker as Dorothy Parker. This was an interesting edit because I feel like it was. We showed RuPaul talking to Cracker about it because we needed to be educated about who Dorothy Parker was. Yeah. And I don't think we saw nearly half of what she did on Snatch Game. Yeah. Um, Review again, with a Jew. We'll, we'll find out. Sure, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's about being funny. And I think you can forgive an obscure reference mm -hmm. if it's funny. And I think that's what happened with Cracker. Yeah. I think, though, you know, the challenge that RuPaul kind of presents about Dorothy Parker is I think maybe some of the same challenges Cracker's having in the competition is that you have to think a little bit too much about her humor. And I think in this context, it's it's taking three seconds when it needs to take one. Okay. And it's it's not anything against her. It, she, th that's just her style. She sets things up. She's smart. Like it's it's not a dig against Cracker. It's just how do you how do you move that into a soundbite kind of TV show? Yeah. I mean, know? it's it's. It's a hard edit to watch for Cracker be, for, as somebody that is known as comedic, as mm -hmm. funny. It's kind of like watching Katya. Yeah. It's like 
man, you're just not, we're just not seeing mm-hmm. how fucking hilarious you are. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And I, I think Snatch Game, everybody's like, come on, Cracker, you know, yeah, where's you Cracker? Have and, this in the bag. And they didn't, she was overshadowed by bad performances and then like a couple or three, you know, really over the top good performances. Yeah. And you can just, you can really feel her thinking and really just like, just being I thought really... she was great as Dorothy Parker. Well, I think she was. I just, I think that, I think that she was just very, I think you can be too focused. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And I don't think she was relaxed enough. I think when you watch someone like Jinx Monsoon, there's something very relaxed about her little Edie. Little, <clears throat> little Edie. Uh, there's something very relaxed about it that that's why it flows through all of the kind of like banter with the other queens. Sure. And she gets the one-liners out. I felt like that with Monet. Same. Yeah. Same. Like when Monet had that thing about like... Um, like, like dust style, like I rise. Style I rise. Yeah, there was a there was an ease to that. Sure, um, she was she was very present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, listen, I get it. I cannot imagine how hard this is. Yeah, I cannot. No I way. would crumble. Yeah, you have like twenty minutes. Yeah, you know, there's four rounds. Right. There's only four rounds, so I get it. I just, yeah, it's. Oof. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah. So we talked. We we talked to Aquaria. This is when I kind of was like, oh. Mm-hmm. So I, she is self-aware, mm-hmm. you know. Either she's she was self-aware before the show, or she's become self-aware the past you know eight days or whatever. Right. Um. She's realized like, okay, I'm going to play to my strength. You know, it's it. You know, trust yourself, trust your instincts, know your strengths. And I think she, it was it was a huge move for not for her not only to pick Melania as someone that she could relate to, but also that it's so political yeah and to know that that's kind of where rupaul is and where these mm-hmm. producers are at right now yeah um it was yeah it was great the, the, the only question i have during that walk walk through with aquaria is what was on her her head that was i think it was tape yeah yeah I think to it was, keep her <clears throat> eyebrows back did yeah. she like paint over that yeah this is what miss fame would do and sometimes you'd clock the tape is that yeah you oh. have the tape and i think the hair covers it oh and you kind of paint over it oh yeah yeah so magic just magic yeah well, yeah um yeah i i thought there was an interesting point that she made about you know they're talking about the difference between being real and being aware of the fact that there's all these people who follow you on social media and are watching you and listening to you and not only are all these people listening, but they have a platform to directly respond yeah. and retaliate. Right. And she's always conscious of that. And that is very like showing her age <clears throat> in that like that's a real thing. Yeah. That's a thing that she's well, and, and always sp- known. And speaking of somebody that's very aware of what they say, I mean, Cameron Michaels, we, we've found out from Cracker that yeah. she is purposefully not saying anything bad about the other queens to the producers. Yeah. So yeah, you do come into this competition and you're like, nope, I'm going to be very careful with my words. And in Aquarius case, yeah, she trips up. Yeah. And I like that, that she's kind of aware of this and that makes me feel more positive towards Aquaria, mm-hmm. that she's not, uh, unknowing. Yeah. It's not what I was sensing earlier in the season of her, like trying to get reads out. And then when she'd stumble, it was like, Oh, look at you trying and failing. Like you trying to be mean and right, failing. Right. I don't feel that anymore. I see that it's like, okay, this is a thing, you know, you have, and you're working on, but yeah. like, I can't, I can't like begrudge that. Sure. I don't know. Especially when she's just coming out with such great drag. Right. You yeah. Know, that's very true. You can't call her ignorant. You can't call her dumb. Yeah. Um, she's very aware of her limits. That's pretty smart. Right. You know, totally. Um, I, I found it really interesting and I wonder what you thought about the moment with the Vixen and Asia yes. kind of planning their uh, banter. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's very in character for Asia, right? Because she's approached this competition as like, but we're still sisters and we have to, you know, we, we want to work together and we want to help each other. Right. To, this is so in line with Asia right. to be a team player. Sure. I think, though... Do you think that was uh, Asia's insecurity or Asia like, oh, I'll help you? Oh, I think it was very much Asia realizing, okay, this, this. Oh, I'm not oh. sure about Beyonce, but this makes me feel better. Right, about I could it. be a mother. Okay, yeah. I'll be a mean mother. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, this. I don't think meanness works on on Snatch Game. No. That's why I think um, a character like Honey Boo Boo uh, works because it is so big and so mm -hmm. over the top and very positive. Yeah. So that when the camera pans to you, you're not just like frowning. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that Rue kind of likes that that joyful character, yeah. or at least a bigger energy. Right. I feel though, like I mean, this is because they were in the talk the talk show challenge together. Right. I think what happened here was the same thing that yeah. happened there. I mean, you kind of yeah. Have to Asia did. Asia went off script again. Yeah. If you watch closely, the vixen's got ideas. She's her, trying, and her ideas aren't bad. Even her ideas about Blue Ivy on paper. It's not oh, a bad I really idea. appreciated the risk. I was like, okay, this could be interesting. Mm -hmm. It just needed to be more fully developed. Yeah, I think she needed jokes, Colin. Yeah, she needed because I think she, she had, needed jokes, and mm -hmm. and instead she kind of just like fell back onto, well, okay, I'm just gonna like be mean to the people around me, mm -hmm. like just you know, kind of read people, and I think that's like a, an easy thing for qu that queens do in Snatch Game, and it yeah. and it's and it becomes a lot like was it season four when it's just kind of romper room, kind of like mm -hmm. competing for for the stage. Yeah, I think when queens get stuck sometimes and say other people on the panel are, you know, someone like Eureka is is able to kind of flow or Monet is able to just flow. Yeah, I think one of the kind of fallbacks is just to roll your eyes and just be like, oh, God, oh, what a production, because right. at least you're doing something. Right. But it's not compelling. Sure. You know, so it's almost better to not do that. I see. Um, and I think that's what she did. Whereas this could have been kind of almost like an SNL character. You have a template. Now you get to create a story. <clears throat> and what's great is you can create whatever you want. Yeah. You can make her whoever you want. Yeah, um, that's right. And that, so yeah. she really had an, if she had this figured out, like maybe, maybe she did and it didn't come through. Maybe. But if she had this really figured out before she came on, it, it could have won. Yeah, I I didn't think that her instincts worked when, you know, she kept kind of relying on Beyonce as her bit. Mm -hmm. When she was like, oh, mommy, what is a tuck? You know, yeah. I'm just like, no, 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 mm -hmm. no. Well, and come and, up with another joke. And to the point of Asia going like, off. Like, how, how would a kid think it? What would a kid think a tuck is? Right, right. You know? But to the point of Asia going off script, Asia had said, I'm going to wait for you to get going. Right, and she didn't. And then she didn't. Right away. Ball. And right I think away. that it. I think the vixen had no chance because anytime she said anything, Asia would jump in yeah. and and not yes and her at all, right? But keep shutting her down. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So even if she had ideas, I don't think she could do anything but work with what she was given to not create more conflict. Right. I'm, it. I'm just looking at it from a different. I angle, get it. You I know? get it. Because yeah. I just think when I watched it like the third time, I was like, I think the like because at one point you see her even say to a Asia. Don't be like, oh, sit your ass down. Be like, oh, you over there counting your billions? Right, right. She thought of jokes. Yeah. I just, it was there. I just think she kind of got sidelined by Asia. Yeah, I don't know. Asia became this kind of like shut down mother instead yeah. of, you know, someone that was kind of throwing bones for mm -hmm. Blue Ivy. Yeah. Um, I think that she was trying to find a character and got stuck in yeah. a negative one. Yeah. 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 That's I mean, you could feel it. You could see that she just like couldn't get out of it. So she just was like, well... 
we're gonna run with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should talk about snow, uh, snatch game, snooch game, um, snooch game, mm-hmm. um, snooch game. Um, I love Audrey McDonald. Every single queen needs to know about Audrey McDonald. I met Audrey McDonald. Really? I did. I met her at Joan Rivers' funeral oh. backstage. Oh, well, I mean, you know, hey, any opportunity is an opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. She sang beautifully and yeah. she was practicing. Oh, God, she is. She she's is. a class act. Yeah, just such a, a lovely energy would be the words. She yeah. was on What's the Tea this past right, week. She right, was right. great. Too short. Um, too short yeah, of an interview. I, I w- and I, when I was thinking about this, and I didn't think about it until kind of the end of the episode, I was like, um, she is a phenomenal guest judge. She has such expertise. Yeah. She needs to be regular, you know, regular you know, guest on this show. She's great. And she was really funny. Yeah. When when Rue said, well, maybe you'll get an Oscar for this. And she goes, ah, fingers across. Fingers across. I was like, you well, are. Well, she's an actress. You know, yeah. she, she knows how to play. You know, she, uh, the first time I knew about Audrey McDonald was when I went to go see uh, Ragtime mm-hmm. back in like 96, 97. Mm-hmm. Um, and she played Sarah. Do you know the show at all? I don't. I mean, she was. It's on a br- boat. No, well, that's showboat. That's Titanic. No. It's Titanic. <laughs> well, no. there you go. It's uh, it's what I know about it. No, rag, ragtime's it's based on a book. You mm-hmm. know, Doctor O. Anyway, it's fabulous, and she plays Sarah, and she is brilliant. You should listen to the album. Your daddy's son is iconic. Mm, all right. Um, yeah, and she. I love her um, to death. Uh, she has a really great rendition of "Stars in the Moon" mm-hmm. from uh, "Songs for a New World" by Jason Robert Brown. Mm-hmm. She sings a cover of a John Mayer song and makes it great. Wow! I think is it's that what called, she won one of her Tonys uh, for? <laughs> I think it's called "Captain Obvious" or "My Stupid Mouth." That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I. I mean, I'm sold. I mean, I. I obviously knew about her before this, but. It was like, oh, consistent. I mean, I'm not a musical theater queen, um, so I don't really spend much time with Audra McDonald. Sure. But like, she's been on plenty of TV shows too. Yeah, sure. She's. I mean, I could see her do anything at this point. Yeah, I was uh, super wowed by her this, yeah. this episode. Yeah, and yeah. if you haven't seen her do Billie Holiday, yeah, I mean, Colin, talk mm-hmm. about nuance. Mm. You need to watch her. Okay, do uh, that. Yeah, no, this honestly like ignited kind of an excitement about her. Oh, good. It was like, oh wow, everyone. You know, I just don't really cross paths with her, so I knew everyone loved her. I knew she won six Tonys. Right. Um, I'd seen little bits of her here and there, but now I'm like, okay, now I need to see everything you've done. Audra. 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 Yeah. All right, Audra. Audra. Yeah. Uh, Kate Upton's there. I don't know much about Kate Upton, but I thought she was sweet. She was sweet. She's fun. Yeah, I thought she was cute. Um, She was a... She came off as kind of a fan, a kind of an intelligent fan. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell if those were jokes that she was fed. Yeah, I don't know either. I'll give it to her. At this point, I think the writers write most of the jokes for Mm -hmm. these guests if they need them. Right. Maybe they give them, hey, if you need, here's an option. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a fail safe, and Mm -hmm. I think that's fine. Yeah. so yeah, I uh, I think we could maybe go through each character of Snatch Game and just kind of talk a little bit of overview, or do you want to talk about Snatch Game in, as like a whole? I mean, this is always the hardest challenge to recap every season. Right. It's like, how do we approach the game? Um, I think we've named who everyone is. Yes. Um, and everyone, you, you marries they now. Know, they know. Um, but I think I have just kind of some highlights and like notes as the game goes on. Yeah. And maybe we can start with that and see where it takes us. Right. Like my first note is just on... <clears throat> Monet gets to that caged bird joke before Rue can. Yeah. And I was really impressed by yeah. that. That she's like, I got, th- I'm going to get this before you can get me with it. Right. And I think when she goes back and watches All Stars 3, oh my she's going to be gooped. Yeah. She's going to be, which I guess she probably she, is gooped. She already at this did. Point. Yeah. yeah. She already did. <laughs> it's crazy. So I think that's great. She did really well. Yeah. Um, You know, I, one of the things I looked at the second time watching was I wanted to see, first of all, how many times 
Eureka stepped on other people's jokes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe they didn't show it, but uh, the number was zero. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and the person that jumped on the most jokes or the most people's time was Asia. Yeah. Um, Maxine Waters got stepped on a lot by Asia and mm-hmm. the Vixen and Monet. Mm-hmm. Um, and by a lot, I mean like, you know, from what we saw, t- right. two times. Okay? Right, right, of what we saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, otherwise, yeah, it was uh, Melania had like one kind of joke. Mm-hmm. If, if you wanted to read Alana or Honey Boo Boo for anything, she she... She clapped back at the Vixen once when she said, your mama. And it was fine. And it actually yeah, it saved funny. an uncomfortable situation. Save, it saved the joke. It reminded me of when uh, in season six, when Trini K. Bonet had that thing about like, can't you get people who can speak English? And then Ben was like, we originated the language. Right. Like, I think right. That we it, originated the it language. It saved it what could have just been an uncomfortable yeah, moment. Exactly. Um, I, I will say kind of like first impressions when the game started. I mean, you can kind of they edit it. So you kind of know from the first moment if they're going to be OK or not. Sure. I, I will say I was a little worried for Monet. She was at first because she was giving me Celia Cruz, uh, <laughs> uh, Linacia Sparks realness. Aww. She had glasses and white hair. I get it. Yeah. I, I was so like, did Bob. No, I know. But I but it <laughs> well, was like eventually at first I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. And then she was like, oh, oh hello. She, she, yeah. She yeah. came with she came with facts. Yeah. Two Hallmark cards. Yeah. Which I thought was a great joke. She had a poem. Yeah. She had a you poem. Know. I think Bob had one as Uzo yes. Aduba, yes. But, so. I, but I feel like he might have written it then and there. And with uh, and that doesn't surprise me for mm-hmm. Bob because sure. Bob can do that. That's what Bob does. Yeah. Maybe Monet wrote it there, but mm-hmm. I feel like Monet came prepared with that. I think she did, and I think that's super smart. Yes, um, just like the help me joke, which I thought again. I'll say it again because it bears repeating. Yeah, Melania, Melania, Melania. Uh, yeah, um, with her Trinity's box. Um, that says help me I, I was just like This is for RuPaul Yeah I kind of thought That Melania was going to Go the, the way Twitch. Of like Donatella Versace Sure Miss Fame When she was sitting In the same seat too. Sure um, Yeah she Well when she said Trinities For some reason I thought Carnity But <laughs> No yeah. Trinities Carnities um, Yeah Yeah no I I think that Aquaria There were I mean There were a lot Of little nuances Yeah There were lots of little things That she did Despite it being Melania doesn't do very much. This could have failed. Right. This probably should have failed. But I think that second part of Snatch Game where you have to come with jokes, she elevated it and showed like, I think it was Aquarius technique as a contestant. Mm -hmm. They really won her the you know, you know, I wonder what other Dorothy Parker jokes there were because I thought Cracker did really well. It was kind of very... um, Careful. But I thought she did really well too. The the one person that, that I didn't, that just disappeared for me, which I think is more of a negative than someone like the Vixen or Asia uh, taking up too much space of, of kind of bad jokes. Mm-hmm. I, Cameron was lost. Yeah. I mean, China's a great choice. Yeah, it was great. And I thought the voice was great. Yep. She had the one testosterone joke. Yeah. I was like, don't waste the voice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the, I mean, unless Cameron was going to really surprise us, I think the best she could have asked for was to be safe. Sure. Sure. I would have loved to see her kind of do like a Tatiana in season two and just run away with right. it and be unexpected. Right. Um, yeah, I, I just think that China and maybe we just didn't get to see other things she did. Yeah. But I mean, I think that she was fortunate that there were there was Asia. And yeah. She was fortunate that <clears throat> there was the Vixen. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Um, right. I um, also, it, yeah. It certainly helped her because uh, otherwise. Yeah. I mean, that was. Yeah. Yeah. It just, <clears throat> it was safe. I think that she and Cracker being safe made a lot of sense. 
I think that they either could have been edited because Cracker, yeah. you throw a shade noise next to Cracker's punchline and it's over. Right, exactly. You know? Like there, you very well could have had a shade noise after Cameron's, all of Cameron's responses. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You they, I think they just were like, well, well, we'll get rid of her next week or what, or or she's going to surprise everyone. Yeah. Um, um, you know, to to jump over to uh, Blue Ivy mm-hmm. uh, again, Asia steps on her right away, talking about it's Oshkosh Bagosh, and then tells her to shut up. And, yeah. I mean, I was like, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, no, Asia. Yeah, like Asia. Like I know that that this is a challenge. You can lose challenge. snatch game and still win. You can, but I think that like there was just no. That's like the wrong mindset to right. play snatch game. No. Um, it was, yeah, I was I was so sad. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was so sad. Well, I think it's like if you're going to compare what Asia was doing to what um, Aquaria was doing, I think as an example, I think that Asia was shutting things down. Where Aquaria, like I loved, and obviously she she stole this a little bit from Valentina with the Steve Harvey joke, but when she called RuPaul Barack. Oh right, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, yes, I think yes, that yes, was yes. very that was super clever, mm-hmm. and it kind of. Well, and she had Michelle Obama yeah. on her name tag. I thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was also a missed opportunity for Asia when Melania says, like, oh, I think these are the first words that, you know, Beyonce's mm-hmm. ever written by herself. Right. A clap back is, like, didn't you lift an entire speech from Michelle Obama? Right. I know. Yeah. I know. And I That's feel- why that, that, like, name tag thing I thought was funny. Yeah. And Asia just got stuck in, like, hey, hey, you, hey, hey, right, right. hey. You know, Shut she- your mouth. Yeah. 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 Like, she just defaulted. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, and then, of course. Let's just talk about poor Monique. Oh. Um, despite her attempts to reclaim her time, I feel like once, certainly once they showed her laughing at RuPaul. Oh, she broke character, yeah. And, you know, not for nothing, but RuPaul was was trying to help her. He really was. You know what, I'm, I, I, yes, and, and not for nothing, I don't think that if Snatch Game was the only challenge and there wasn't a runway, mm-hmm. I do think that Asia would have been in the bottom. Yes. Oh, and I'll, yes. and there's there's some fan theories that I'll talk about later when we get to the runway of why Asia kind of wasn't in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Valentina, okay. Um, okay, that I think are very interesting. But um, yeah, I I thought Honey Boo Boo was funny. I really liked where she where she took the drawing thing because she eventually yeah. drew all over herself. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. And she even um, drew on her stomach mm-hmm. again, kind of unabashedly big, um, and. I, it, uh, just some real tea like you see the vixen reacting and you're not sure if the vixen is reacting or if blue ivy's reacting sure yeah it's um it's very whatever happened to baby jane it's baby jane hudson and blanche fighting it's also betty davis and john sure fighting sure um yeah i'm sure there's some truth in all of that yeah um i do think that you know there were a lot of things i think there were moments that eureka really nailed honey boo boo there's certain nuances like when they come to her again. She says, uh, well, again, I just drew pictures. Like there, there's a way she says it. That's spot on yeah. to how, like if you watch, you know, here, comes she was Boobie. in character the whole time, but there were moments that felt like it was just Eureka. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But again, again, Jessica Wilde, right? Like mm-hmm. didn't sound anything like RuPaul, but it was funny. And these bits were while expected were funny. They were at least funny. Yeah, certainly. I think though it was over the top. It was graphic. But I think this character was so easy for her to do that I I would have expected her to to be fully invested and not have any moment where I'm like, well, this is just Eureka being, you know, Eureka as a little girl. You know what I mean? I get that. I get that. I thought that she came prepared. 
she which did. I which I definitely appreciated. Um, and I didn't always think that she sounded like she was prepared. It sounded mm-hmm. like she was off the cuff. Yeah, I, this is my same critique of Bianca as Judge Judy. I I don't actually think that's like a phenomenal performance. Right. I think it. I think it's good at the jokes and it's good at the technique of snatch game. Right. But I'm not like, wow, that's Judy for you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I, you know, Monet also inserted herself brilliantly. You know, mm-hmm. the, this is why we fight for arts in school education. Right. I'm like, there it is, right. political. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah, she was really good at the banter and inserting herself. She did it in a way that... Helping Monique in a way. Yes, yeah. I mean, we saw this again. My favorite banter is banter that helps the other queens. You know, like when Jinx tried to help Ivy with that whole Marilyn Monroe, this whole scandal with my cousin. Oh, right, right, right. Quite the scandal, yeah, really. it's really... I mean, I, I think that that's... that's even more impressive to me than just doing well in the game on your own is if you can create strong interactions yeah, with other people. Yeah, Ben Delacreme did it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ben is Paul Lind. I mean, yeah. it's still like. Alaska. Yes. You know, why don't it, you come up and fuck me in the ass sometime? Yeah. I mean, her interactions. Her and her and Katya were yes. so funny next to each other. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the next level. But right. again, like, this game is so hard. So when you see You a have queen, to pick the right character so you that you can pick... just disappear into exactly. it and not have to think about exactly. it exactly because it's a really yes this game is really hard but at the end of the day it's the same skills that like sketch comedians you know improv comedians have to take on of get out of your head get into the character yeah. and then just listen yeah and and follow the energy right you know right. I, I really think it's about getting out of your head i feel like snatch game must be so hard Ugh, Ugh. i know you know, it kills me because they can't do copywritten characters. But <clears throat> I was just thinking, of course, of Valerie Cherish and the improv scene. Oh, my God. Season two. Oh, my God. And just how remarkable she would be as a Snatch Game character. <laughs> um, I did take some notes. You could be Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, you, certainly. Yeah. Um, I did take some notes on some other ladies I'd love to see. Um, oh, sure. As Snatch Game choices. Ladies and ladies adjacent. Um, Phyllis Diller. Okay. I mean, because Rue would love it. You know, it'd be a reference era that he's into. And mm-hmm. she, you just get the voice and the wig. Right. And you can run. I'll, I'll, <clears throat> I'll, somebody recommended this on Twitter. Norma Desmond. Yeah. From Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Another great kind of nuanced face. Yeah. Um, for sure. Elaine Stritch. Oh, God. I mean, you'd have How to. How has she not been on yet? I know. If you can get that voice down. Yeah. Um, I would love, love to see a queen do Coco Peru. Oh. I just think that could be. So funny. Yeah. And such a good balancing energy because it's commentator of like, oh, I don't like that. That makes me uncomfortable. Right. She, like, do, instead of being this like big character. Sure. Um, I also had uh, Edith Massey because okay. of Divine. I was like, I'd love to yep. see Edith Massey. I know we got to see yeah. Ginger eggs, do eggs, it. Yeah. yeah. And then I thought, you know, if they were going to have a political figure that it would have been very appropriate and timely and, and possible to do Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, she's a sweet character. Yeah. She's a sweet character. I don't know how that would be funny. Well, Kate McKinnon does it on SNL. Okay. So you kind of have a template. All right. You know, it's a little bit of cheating. Yeah. But she's great. Okay. Um, That's fair. And the only other one, and this is probably just a shout out to Sister Mary Amber, is I'd love to see a Ruth Gordon. Oh. And doing of her character from Rosemary's yes, Baby. right. Bringing right. the mail. Yes. Looking at a can with, uh, a, with a magnifying glass. Fabulous. Um, so those are just some suggestions, season 11 <laughs> queens who might be listening. Um, I think there's a lot of meat on those bones. Yeah. <clears throat> Don't do Beyonce. No, maybe Don't not. Don't do Beyonce. Maybe. Unless you're Jade Nova. Yeah, yeah. Then by all means. Yeah. For um, sure. Anyway. Um, so yeah, Snatch Game for me, it was, you know, it was like maybe a seven or a six. Uh, I did love 
I did love Monet. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought, and I thought Aquaria was hilarious. I thought, uh, you know, Honey Boo Boo was funny mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't, you know, top. 10 no. for me either uh, but you know it was it was decent yeah um, it was fine I think probably my expectations were really high yeah you know I probably I mean I would have liked to see more of Dorothy Parker mm-hmm. to see how that kind of cool calm collected funniness would mm-hmm. have interacted with like the craziness that uh, Honey Boo Boo brought because she did you know that that was the character it was just like okay yeah it's gonna be loud and in charge yeah and I guess at the end of the day it is about the, the edit and what story they're gonna tell because yeah. She was safe So we right. just didn't get to see much um, right, right. But I am really looking forward To Review with a Jew That's like one of the best things About it Is that she gives you like Oh yeah she tells you Real behind the scenes Yeah she really does Yeah It's like uh, <clears throat> Katya's yeah. yeah Yeah though Katya You know you never knew When she was telling you The full story You know because okay. There'd be like that sort of Oh the story just got weird When is it not real anymore Oh okay I think that she would tell True stories But I feel like she was this kind of like weirdo telling the story, whereas Cracker is just like leveling with you. You sure. know, yeah. it's like you know she's being honest. So we walk into the workroom, and Cracker is singing, sitting on a secret. Did you notice this? I think I did. I think I did the first time I watched I like, it. Did she just hear it once, or like, do they get to hear this again? Like, how did she know about sitting on a secret? Yeah, because if they only heard it once, it wouldn't be something you were still singing. And she also did it in review with a Drew with a Jew. So I was, oh, I guess, at that point, she she yeah. knew about it. But like, I was like, oh, that's weird. I don't oh, know. That's weird sitting on a secret. She's clearly sitting on some secret. Well, we'll find out. Um, we also find out from Asia that half of us have not been to sleep. And yeah. I think that helped me inform my opinions on kind of the things that happen next. It's a good context to remember. Um, I And I will say also the beginning of this scene, there's, uh, we don't normally get this, but there's an act two gone. Um, <laughs> and it's framed in what Asia's saying that like this may come down to what we wear on the runway. Right. Which of course is the, exactly what saved her. Sure, I think so. Um, but that's kind of the added pressure is we just went through Snatch Game. We're all feeling stressed. We're all super tired. Right. Like, we are entering this room so tired. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and we get um, uh, another kind of the Vixen and Eureka discussion. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that um, I don't think I, I saw the Vixen's point at all. Because, mm-hmm. again, I didn't see Eureka stepping on anybody. But then again, I didn't see all of Snatch Game. Yeah. Um, but I do believe Monet now because Monet's like, well, actually, no, Asia was the one pouncing on everyone. Yeah. Um, Eureka was funny and the Vixen's just mad because she didn't shine the same way Eureka did. And I was like, okay, I, I kind of believe our, our our moderator here. Oh, of course. I'm always going to believe Monet. Yeah. No, it's just, sorry. It's just, that's it comes with the territory. Makes sense. It makes sense. And I think that also- Because I saw that too. You yeah. Know? And Monet doesn't have a dog in that fight. Right. So she, it doesn't make a difference to her. Or what you know who was stepping on who sure um so yeah i think that i think that i've heard queens talk about you know like viewing parties that they're i guess eureka had gotten the critique the week before about stepping on people uh-huh and i guess maybe she was doing it somewhat in snatch game but i also feel like it's, so she was stepping on people doing the bossy rossi show um, no, I guess it was oh during DragCon panel DragCon panel oh um or and i don't know i don't know the full context but I also feel like, well, the way Eureka saw it was like she was doing what she needed to do to be seen. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess the Vixen saw it as like a level of professionalism. Uh, you know, you have to know when to hold back. And again, I'm kind of like, why aren't you talking to Asia about this? Yeah. Yeah. That, it, it, it it really confused me. Mm-hmm. And I and I po- because don't get me wrong. Like I'm on 
kind of nobody's side here. Nobody's mm. on nobody's side here to quote chess. And I'm just kind of like, why are you coming for her again? Yeah. Well, I also want to pose this question because I think there's a lot coming up about, <clears throat> you know, Eureka and the Vixen and a lot of similarities. I think another framing of a lot of what's coming up is the the fact that their their damage does not work well together in the same room. I think that's still true this episode. Sure. And I think that um, in this situation, it's kind of like the Vixen, I think, is also feeling like, well, um, why, like... Or no, I sorry. I guess sorry. I'm, I'm thinking about sorry. I'm getting confused. What I want to say is that she's saying to that Eureka is not acting professional, and she needs to kind of know when to kind of like, you know, step back or leave people room or whatever. And I think that there is a comparison to your the ex- expectation on the vixen to be prof- to be quote unquote professional okay. when she needs to hold back. There's something about holding back here. There's this running theme <clears throat> of holding back and not holding back. Yeah, but I think the point that I that I think is before we even get there mm-hmm. is that Eureka wasn't taking up unprofessional kind of space. Maybe mm-hmm. she's doing that in the workroom, but like I don't Again, that's like that's like yelling at Tyra for singing. It's like, okay, tell her, you know, and then she doesn't she also doesn't have to shut up. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I think it's tough because there's I feel like there's a lot that we're not seeing. Okay. But I think that <clears throat> what we are seeing, uh, pardon me for clearing my throat into the mic. What we are seeing is a lot of situations where they are both enacting the same. <clears throat> excuse me. They're both enacting the same issues in different ways. You know what I mean? And oh yeah, I I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're both kind of coming from similar places. It's almost like they're looking in some weird mirror. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because they both have these parts of themselves that are guiding them during a stressful situation, mm-hmm. right? Eureka acts out and is is quote unquote too loud, and the vixen is you know uh, too confrontational or right. you know just very kind of abrasive, mm-hmm. uh, to quote RuPaul. And it's something that I think they both. It, like, it might not come off the way they want to, but the, the action of coming out at a 10 in the ways they both do, they're both very attached to. Yeah. It's really important to them. Yeah. Asia, or sorry, Eureka sees it as this is her strength. Right. Um, it's also something that's just been important to her from her past, but she sees it as a strength. So does Vixen. And so does the Vixen. She sees it as a strength. So yeah. if it's not broken for you, you really, someone's gonna have to work really hard to convince you to stop yeah, doing it. Yeah, and you're it. not gonna apologize for it. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they are coming at this. It's tough. Again, I didn't see what the Vixen saw, um, mm-hmm. so I didn't know, you know, why she had this idea in her head from the night before. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. I didn't see it either. Um, I, I guess we'll, we're going to obviously come back to this topic, but things also move into um, doing political numbers and Monique talking oh, right. about that she can't do political numbers because, you know, she mentions the the denim and diamonds runway. <clears throat> and she instead of doing the brown cow, she wanted to have this Confederate flag sure, reveal. Sure, But she's like, but I also didn't want to go home and get shot. Right. And I thought... Um, I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. And I thought that's probably not hyperbole. Real deal. And I think it's interesting, you know, Monet is saying how she does a lot of political drag and it feels really important to her. Oh, yeah, I liked how she said it's our call to duty. You mm-hmm. know, all this shit going down. It's like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. The... the 
drag queens were always in the forefront. They were always starting things and always starting that conversation, whether it was about gender or whether it was about rights or whether it was about politics. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it was RuPaul standing on the Capitol building. Yeah, I do think it's worth noting that the New York queens have a bit more privilege when it comes to doing Oh, there's no drag, question. And we, you know? they, they, they recognize that yeah. in, in the workroom. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, for sure. It's easier for the vixen, maybe not as easy for the vixen as somebody like Monet, mm -hmm. but uh, it's certainly easier for the vixen than Monique. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and the vixen, we've talked about this. I mean, it gets kind of talked about all the time that drag is, a, is an escape. Um, it's something I think Eureka even mentioned in the drag con panel extravaganza sure. when the guy asked about yeah. in this political climate yeah. and Eureka says, oh, well, you know, it, it's it, both that it's something that people can feel that they belong, right. but also an escape you from escape the world. From yeah. And the vixen's like, well, you know, and I, I don't think she wasn't thinking about this when she's like, well, some people say drag should be an escape from reality, uh, but drag can also help you face reality and deal with it. Yeah. And I think that that's, like the, uh, so much so much framework you know it's like there, i think there's so much and i'm saying that because i think it's so easy and we talked about this before that it's so easy to just look at the content of what the vixen's saying or the moments that are happening in the workroom uh -huh. and ignore the iceberg underneath right that is so much more important and yeah. so much more real yeah and we're really getting glimpses into that yeah we're we're so distracted sometimes by like her social interactions with these queens and we're kind of forgetting like actually the real tea that she's talking about mm -hmm. i mean what i do love about the vixen is how consistent she is kind of with what she what she says about drag because mm -hmm. that is what she does in her performances yeah. i i just retweeted today or tweeted about um a spoken word poem that she did by portia O mm -hmm. called angry black woman um if you have not seen this exquisite ex like expertly done lip sync i mean she has every single beat every single word yeah nuance down. if you will exactly yeah um it is brilliant and also um a kind of an explanation mm -hmm. um a, another way of putting what the vixen is talking about yeah. this whole this whole season mm -hmm. um you know there's 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 something to be said about the vixen's kind of brand now mm -hmm. and that it is not about and she says this she's like you know uh she talks about how she 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 wants to kind of speak to the underdogs right mm -hmm. she's like okay who are the underdogs and how can i help them yeah and yeah. i feel like that's still the same on this show and she's kind of not apologizing to the people that hate her for being aggressive but she's kind of only speaking to the people that are silenced yeah right and i think that's interesting mm -hmm. if anything it's like okay keep like say that you right. know yeah i think and that, say what you want about the vixen's drag say what you want mm -hmm. about her personality and and you know how she's starting fights and things like that like i think that can be separate i really do think mm -hmm. that can be separate and sometimes it is tied but i also think that it can be separate and we can see what she's what she's providing she's providing a language and a voice yeah. for people that are silenced right now yeah. and i think i don't think that's um something to just kind of gloss over and i and i don't want to sound like i'm this like you know all-knowing person because sure did i have problems with the things that the vixen was saying in untucked today yeah I'd, I'd, a lot of it were not facts you yeah. know what i mean mm -hmm. um but that doesn't mean that i can't be blinded to some of the other things that you know she she is saying yeah and that she that it doesn't mean that she's not a smart queen and that she's not doing things purposefully. Yeah. I think to decide that like, because she was saying hypocritical things in, in untucked and again, yes, absolutely. But to decide, okay, I'm done with her is really convenient. 
to not have to listen to anything else oh, she's I saying. Oh, I see what you mean. To be like, that's it. See, she's she's uh, she's totally hypocritical, and she did all these terrible things, and so. And not saying that she like oh and her, she was hypocritical yeah her choice to do all that in, on the on the runway on the stage in front of the judges was bullshit but like I don't think I thought it was mean spirited mm-hmm. and 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 kind of hypocritical backstage during Untucked mm-hmm. I mean there's no question that that she's a human and right. that like any queen on Drag Race like she fucks up yeah there have been plenty of mean queens that we still kind of stand for I'm I'm sorry I'm gonna bring up Raven's name yep. but during season two same. Untucked Raven was so mean mm-hmm. and so combative yeah think about how she treated Tatiana think about how she treated um uh, uh, pork chop, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and it's not like, pork chop. Uh, Mystique. Mystique. Thank you. I mean, I love Tatiana, but not for nothing. But she told the judges on the runway that you're not seeing that Tyra is a complete bitch. Right. That's a choice, sure. you know. And yet, I love Tatiana, and I value what she has to say. Um, so I'm going to extend the same to the vixen because I think the vixen has a shit ton to say. I think the fact that she's saying on television, being a black gay drag queen in America is impossible. That's an interesting narrative. Yeah. That's worth. That's a conversation worth having. It's worth putting on a on a on a TV platform. Yeah, yeah. and I think you know she. This really stood out to me because I think this comes up in the episode. <clears throat> you know, she says, "I se- I spend so much time keeping my mouth shut to get ahead that when I feel attacked, it all comes out." Yeah, and I think that we see, we kind of see that sort of happening in this episode of like she needs she needs to quote unquote keep her mouth shut if she wants to get ahead she needs to not come at people it's like she's being confronted with her real life challenges in the workroom yeah no absolutely absolutely um you know we'll talk a little bit more about vixen uh the vixen on the runway and during uh her lip sync but like yeah We'll get into it because yeah. like there, there's some problems and like, sure, I wanted her to go home this week. Like full tea. Like, sure. I was kind of like, all right, just mm-hmm. stop. Monique needs to stay. <laughs> yeah. Um, your, your New Year snatch game and Asia's, it just wasn't working. So right now I just don't think it's, it's not working for me either. Yeah. And like, we have a, a strong crop of Queens. I kind of want to see these other Queens go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just kind of like, all right, the Vixen you've said amazing things and I want those amazing things to just kind of stay there, you know? And I feel like untucked, unfortunately were so I was, it was very, it's easy for somebody like me or anybody to be like, okay, hypocrite done. Mm -hmm. Right. But I had to remember, okay, there were some really amazing things that she also said this episode and this season. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, And I think, especially we think about drag race now and that it is a platform and it's not just a competition. I mean, it, and we'll, we'll talk about this later, but it really brings up the question of what the Vixen's doing with this platform and with yeah, this opportunity. Right. And I'm sure she wants to win, but I also think that she is smart enough to recognize that like, oh, I can speak to a whole bunch of people right now. Yeah. Um, on something that's so much more important than winning a crown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think she still really wants to win. No, I do too, but like... And, you know, I... I don't know. And I know that this is maybe shitty of me to say, but like she's not going to win. No, she's not going to win. No. She, and I, maybe she knows that. So she's like, well, let me just, you think she knows that? I mean, I don't, I, I I don't know. I maybe she knows that and she's fighting it, you know, and she, maybe she shouldn't be. I have to imagine that once you get that idea in your head that like, you're not going to win either. Like Katya talked about this in all stars too. She said, as soon as Alaska walked in, she's like, okay, great. Well, I'm not winning. (laughs) 
so I can just relax and just have a good time and just do my best because yeah. I'm not going to win this. Yeah. But I think that's All Stars is different than a real season. Right. And I think the moment you accept that you're not going to win, you start circling that drain really fast. Sure. Once you once you get that in your head, like I think Miss Cracker might be feeling that. You know what I mean? Right. I'm right. like, oh, I'm not winning this. Yeah, I get it. So there's Quiet Time, uh, which I thought was interesting because we've never seen Quiet Time before. Not with this season. And then we rush over to the runway for a Dolores Delgado-inspired challenge. Uh, we have the mermaid in a wheelchair routine. Yeah. Um, this was an interesting choice. Have you ever... It was a little interesting. Yeah. Have you seen um, any of her clips? No, 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 no. This was the first... I did not know this the one that I, The one that I highly recommend watching is uh, Bette Midler as Dolores Delgado running for president. Okay. And it's super interesting. It's about being an outsider. It's about people trying to figure out that she's a disgusting fish. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's it, it's it's cool. So is the wheelchair, is it just serving the function that she obviously can't walk? Yes. Okay. It, there's not another story no. in there. Yeah. Nothing. Um, okay. Yeah. Because there's something about, I think there's something about seeing them in the mermaid drag against this medical looking wheelchair that... It was very drop dead gorgeous, right? It was very drop dead gorgeous. It was very like... Uh, you know, if this is the Olympics of drag, it'd be like the Special Olympics of drag, right? You know? Like, uh, like they came out on a horse on All Stars. Yeah, but you know what I mean. It's like <laughs> it made me start to think about like drag and disability, and I was like, oh, I've never thought about that before. Oh, I didn't think I didn't I don't know I didn't go to disability at all because I was just like, oh yeah 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 mm -hmm. yeah. Delgado. Oh, no, oh Dolores Delgado. I, I know it wasn't trying to do that, but it's like you know I didn't go there at all. I watched the episode three times, so I'm going to pick up new things each time, and it was just like, oh, it's just the visual. And I guess I was like, oh, are there drag queens in wheelchairs performing? I'm sure there are. Mary's. Yeah. I'm not asking as if I don't believe it. Send me some receipts. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Let's go for or, it. Or other, you know, um, going to use the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Differently abled drag queens. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I appreciated the challenge. I thought it was cool to have mm -hmm. mermaids. And yeah, you don't want them waddling down the runway. No. I mean, no, obviously. And, and I think... If it wasn't a direct reference to this character, they would have just put them on like something like the horse. It would have been like a cart with a wave on it, uh -huh. you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or or kind of like Little Mermaid, like where they're on the rock. You know what uh -huh. I mean? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, well. You're not buying it, Gia? No, I'm not buying. It. I just I, I I I guess I I I got to the reference, so I did. I I never went to like wanting something else. Well, if they were just doing mermaids, that's all. If they weren't trying to do this Bette Midler thing. Okay. Sure. Yep. Bring them. But bring, they bring did em. it. So get over it. Move on. Dot org. Yeah. Too vague. Yeah. Too vague. Roll on. They didn't do it. Um, uh, yeah. You know, if I'm going to say anything about the runway, I love where Asia took it. I just I loved, loved it. it. I loved I, it. She can be a gorgeous beauty queen mm -hmm. and an ugly fish person. Yeah. I think that's that's a winner in my book. And when she put that hand out. <laughs> And she was just coming at you like this fish yeah, queen. And right. I was just like, yeah, you're oh. going to love me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was just like, oh, all right. Yeah. Deboned. Yeah. yeah. Effie, we all got gills. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> or dream gills. Dream gills. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. Of course she was safe. Um, of course, Aquarius was unbelievable. Oh, Aquarius, uh, you know, it was political, it was environmental. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really a nuance. Yeah. And she had this really cool 
uh, runway movement that yeah. she's able to do. This like dramatic story. It was really impressive. The wet hair illusion. I was like, right? Yeah, she's one of the only ones that did wet hair. Yeah. Um, I guess it was. Uh, where did I read that? That it was kind of like a Lady Gaga inspired. Oh, um, sure. But I mean, I could see the, the similarity. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, so cool. I thought that um, Miss Cracker was very graphic. I liked the gold. Um, I guess I, I. I think I liked everything kind of bust up. Yeah. Um, I think for actually for the most part. For most of the queens, if I'm going to read the challenge, the tail just kind of got lost. Sure. Except for Asia's. Because <laughs> I think hers just like yeah. flapped in the wind for me. I was like, uh, hook, line, and sinker. You yeah, know? <laughs> really. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I took the bait. Um, sure. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I did like Monet's concept. I loved. Oh, hers. She had. I don't. They didn't really talk about this. She was like cut. Yeah. Yeah, she had these like she had a scar, these wounds, and she had it on her face. And I, it would have been kind of cool. And I, you know, maybe she didn't have the time or just didn't make that choice. But if the scratch was like diagonal down the front of her face, you know, oh, like something like that, okay, um, where it's so much more of the look. Sure. Um, but I love this concept that she was, yeah, that she had war wounds. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I mean, it wasn't like it was different. It was different. Like Dracula, a Dracula version of this look would be oh, cool. Oh my god! You know, yeah. I think um, like. Oh, I think one of them kind of does do like a drowned queen. Oh um, yeah, I forget which, I can't which remember. queen did it. But I'm sure like a maybe it was bitch pudding. Oh maybe. Um, oh no no that's season one. Oh, um, I can't think of who did it. But yeah. anyway, um, I I thought uh, the vixen had a really nice wig. Um, otherwise, I was just kind of oh, yeah. like neck Meh. up was nice. Yeah. Uh, but then again, I don't really know much about fashion. I thought yeah. she looked pretty, mm -hmm. um, but it just it didn't do it for me. And Monique again, it was. I mean, I like the pearls, but again, yeah. I was just kind of like, I don't, I don't think this was a full full look. Facts were facts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Monet was it was it was interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that Monet's look wasn't as realized as Aquarius. Whereas yeah. Aquarius, I'm like, okay, I get this whole story, like oh. oil spill. Mm -hmm. And Monet's, I think it, it took a little bit longer. I think her weapon also distracted. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what's this? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know if that's a nude illusion. It's a snarf black. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was... Uh, it it's wasn't... a dinglehopper. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Little Mermaid references. Oh. Uh, who's it's and what's it's galore? Yes, exactly. What do you call them? Yeah. Uh, Tits. Yeah. yeah. A distracting prop. Um, yeah, I uh, I think Eureka... I know that she was doing this kind of like cousin of, of Ursula thing. Yeah. I wish she went even further with the Ursula thing. I wish that it was like a much more obvious Ursula reference. Yeah. I think I, this was a perfect opportunity. Sure. And mm -hmm. I didn't like the blood. I, I, I was like, okay, you're yeah. bleeding now. Yeah. <laughs> it was like. And Sharon has literally done it. And so it's better. Kind of like, All right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Cameron's I thought was like kind of a complete look. But again, just kind of like, all right, cool hair. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, and and she probably did the fin the best. Yeah, the fin looked good. I think out know, of all the queens, I think her fin was the best. Audra had said something during the critiques. I think they were talking about Asia, but she's like sometimes like beautiful can be kind of yeah, boring. Yeah, it's boring. I thought that was a great kind of read, and, and I, I think that weighed heavily on Rue. Yeah, and I think that was true for me for Cameron. <clears throat> oh, she yeah. She looked great. She looked but great, I mean, but it was just kind of like, okay, you're a pretty mermaid. Yeah. Um, and I felt like that for a lot of these queens, mm -hmm. and except for Asia and maybe Monet and Aquaria, where they like 
took it somewhere else. It was like yeah. watching a Madonna challenge and they all do, you know, the the, the red kimono look. And I'm right. like, no, 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 no. There's so many other ways to mm -hmm. take this like drowned siren beauty. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think there was a lot of straightforward decisions. Yeah. Um, that being said that they were all in fins, I'm sure they were so happy to be able to sit for once. Oh, my God. Because they have to stand right. every week. cute little chairs. Yeah. Um, more Miss Vanjie talk. Uh, yeah, shocking, um, but not shocking, and happy for it. Yeah, uh, well, and I I will say it was a little like, like Michelle was. Did you listen to the most recent episode of What's the Tea? You did with Audra McDonald. Yes, and she was like, "Oh, it's going viral because I kept saying it." Oh no 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 no, Michelle! Like, I was like, "No, Michelle, it wasn't you, were, you. you were just part of the wave we all got caught." Yeah, on. we already saw it. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it from the moment it happened. <laughs> exactly. Like I knew. I love yeah. that you guys kept going. Yeah, the second episode. Yeah, and the third and the fourth. I love that. Right, right. But um, credit where credit's due. Yeah. Um, anything to say about these uh, critiques? Otherwise, uh, we can talk about um, Monique got defensive. That was, just, you know, sad. It, she yeah. Was just, I think she just kind of dejected at that point. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even feel her being super defensive. It's just like, uh, to me, it felt like she was saying, okay, you're right. Yeah. yeah like, I'm going to lip sync. I can't argue yeah, with you. Right. Um, I do think it's interesting then when Michelle's to Asia. I'm dumbfounded as to why we're wearing a mask. Right. And I was like, remember when RuPaul did it three weeks ago? Oh, shit. Sometimes queens can do yeah, it. Yeah, remember when Adore did it with the, yeah. the Hannibal Lecter mask? Yeah. You know, I mean, it can happen. It can happen. And I I guess we'll probably see at the beginning of next week's episode, but you know she had a face prepared underneath that. A, a face what? Like a face prepared underneath the mask. Oh, Asia did? Yeah. Oh. Like, because she might have had to lip sync. She okay, so I'm thinking that she, one of the reasons why they didn't pick Asia was because she was wearing a mask and they didn't know how that was going to work. Yeah. I just think. I really think that might have been part of it, besides the fact that Monique's runway wasn't as interesting. Right. I just think that Asia, she had to know that she had a, she knew she didn't do well. She had to know she had a really good chance of lip syncing. I just have to believe that she had some kind of re reveal that she couldn't take the mask off and untucked because she couldn't put it back on. Yeah, she, oh, that's right. So she didn't take it off and untucked. I fully believe it was so cool to watch that green monster. Yeah, <laughs> having serious conversations. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there's, <laughs> and you'll see close-ups of Asia. She has like green contacts in oh. that you wouldn't even necessarily see. Okay, maybe not. But like, I feel like green contacts are different than doing your full face. No, I guess she must have been doing her full face. No, that's what I mean. There's details underneath that because she did say like oh i didn't think this was enough so i put this mask on mm -hmm. um, did you like did you just bring this yeah and i was, was just like that you know uh, astronaut suit yeah you know? it's like, did you oh just, in case you had to bring it there yeah did you just have this yeah yeah i was surprised that she didn't because she says in the talking or the the voiceover during her runway she talks about the mask is because you know not all mermaids are beautiful and she had this intention right and then when they ask her about it she's like oh i just you know didn't think i had enough so i threw this on i'm surprised she didn't own it you know, own the story that like, well, you know, I was taking a different interpretation of Mermaid. Sure. Um, I mean, I appreciate her, her being honest, mm -hmm. but I think uh, own your drag, mama. Yeah, I think she did. I think she had a good attitude about it. She's mm -hmm. like, yes, can I do it over? I, you know, even yeah. when she was confronted about Beyonce, like I think she she got it. Yeah, when Rue says in hindsight, do you get it now? Yeah, yeah. and I, in, in stark comparison to the Vixen, who I think was making other excuses um, you know, saying that she was sitting next to a brat. Yeah. And in my opinion, I'm kind of like, wasn't Blue Ivy acting more like a brat than Alana because she was complaining that she wanted to go home mm -hmm. and she's around people that were poor and fat? I'm just like, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, and the vixen. <laughs> yeah. Alana was being kind of like bubbly and friendly and you were being, you know, you didn't want to be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
you know, so that came across. You know, and actually to that note, you know, when Vixen reads Eureka as being a brat, I was thinking about how, you know, Drag Race is still a pageant. And, you know, when people get read for pageant answers, like Rue can smell a pageant answer, especially with these questions of like who should go home. Yeah. But it is Eureka's pageant answer was yeah, Asia. Yeah. But it's still a pageant right. because it, on a whole different level, because you have to you still have to have charisma, you still have to win over the judges, you have to win over all the fans. That's right. And I think that this, you know, I took this note that I think that this this is where it really conflicts with Vixen with the Vixen's um, own conviction to not shut up in order to get ahead. There's an element of having to shut your mouth to get ahead in a competition in a in a pageant uh-huh. and have pageant answers. Right. And I think she's done with pageant answers in life. Sure. And I think that's where there's this really interesting conflict of and really the question of like, what do you do with this platform if it's asking you to do things that you're like, nope, I'm not doing that anymore. Right. Do you pull a raven and say, well, they want me to do it for a few weeks. I'll do it. Yeah. Or do you do Tatiana where you're like, nope. Yep. This yeah. is me. Yeah, and I just think that's really... Uh, There's two ways to do it. There's yeah. not one wrong way to do it, you no, know? No, no. Because at the end of the day, the vixen is still here. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, she is still here, and that her behavior isn't necessarily going to send her home. What's going to send her home are uh, poor performances in the challenge mm-hmm. and her runways, yeah. right? At the end of the day, that's mm-hmm. that, that will keep a queen or lose yeah. a queen. I mean, that's what's been putting her in the bottom. Right. It hasn't been, you know, well, how you were interacting. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, you're abrasive. Yeah. yeah. No, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think, I think what they saw in the runway tonight, certainly some of the editing of the cuts to Michelle, they are now paying attention yeah, to this. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's, I mean. It's interesting. You know, and, and again, she, I will say this about that discussion on the runway like sure that what the some of the things that the vixen was throwing back at eureka were really unfair mm-hmm. and hypocritical but at the same time when people kept choosing the vixen the vixen had nothing to say about it except mm-hmm. an eye roll or a, you know kind of a grimace or whatever like a yeah. sad face or an angry face and then when the vixen says eureka eureka chimes in mm-hmm. and that kind of wasn't the what was supposed to happen like you weren't supposed to do that and eureka did it anyway right but at the same time you know, if it wasn't Eureka's time to talk, Eureka shouldn't apologize for defending herself because this was a different type of reason. It exactly. wasn't her drag. It was like, oh, she's hard to work with. You mm-hmm. guys need to know that she's unprofessional. Yeah. And Eureka's like, no, 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 no. That's actually not how it's been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm going to defend myself. Like, yeah. I, I've been apologetic for being too loud. And it's interesting that that the Vixen says, you know, you know, you 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 keep saying that you that you are sorry, but you don't change. Yeah. And I'm like, you're talking to yourself in a way here. Right. Because people tell you that you should change and you don't. Right. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing. I wonder if the vixen sees that or doesn't care to see that or is just kind of like, no, it is absolutely different because she was impossible to work with. Maybe yeah. at the end of the day, it's something that I'm not seeing. Um, I, so so it, it's interesting because Eureka did say I've tried all I can to be nice to the Vixen. I'm like, that's not all true either. Yeah, I feel like that was very pageanty. Very much so. I was thinking about this dichotomy of, <clears throat> you know, no one is asking Eureka to change. Everyone is just saying, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, Eureka is a big personality and it might be annoying, but it seems like everyone has kind of accepted it. And no one seems to, obviously, we find out in Untucked, no one seems to think it's dramatically annoying. Right. Plus, this is a room full of drag queens. <laughs> so a big personality isn't crazy. Yeah. And that question that RuPaul asked, I mean, that is to create drama. Of course it is. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. Right. I think the reason that 
no because I think it isn't necessarily apples to apples. I think the reason that no one's asking uh, Eureka to change, but people want the vixen to change how she's acting is is simply because, and this is just in a you know looking at it on paper, I think it is easier for them to accept the way that Eureka is behaving and that she is over the top. I think. Or I think the other way of saying that is I think that the vixen is challenging them in a way that they don't want to take on. Uh-huh. It's not that she's wrong. Right. But they I, maybe because of the pressure cooker, because they have so much else they're doing, I think it's people are not seeing the value in what points she's bringing up. They're just feeling you are making this situation. You're bringing more energy into the situation than I have energy for. Sure. You know what I mean? They're just, they're not hearing the words. Right. And so they're just how it's making them feel. Yeah. And that's why nobody's, nobody's asking Eureka to change. Right. Because she doesn't make them feel that way. Right, right. Um, It's interesting because in Untucked, I feel like the Vixen had every right to kind of defend herself, but she wasn't defending herself. She was just kind of attacking. Yeah. Um, And and it didn't, uh, it just didn't make sense with kind of where she's been this whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to kind of cap this runway because I think for Untucked, we'll maybe save that for nuance. But um, in terms of on the runway, you got to fight to be heard. And I, I can't knock Eureka for fighting to be heard here. Yeah. I also can't knock the Vixen for being like, oh, you need to know that this bitch does this. I'm kind of like, okay, if that's where you are, then say it. But mm-hmm. also know that she's going to talk back and the other queens, they're going to also say maybe it's you. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think that they both have the right to be heard. And I think that the Vixen was critiquing Eureka for being heard and I didn't I didn't think that was very fair she was like oh you're a grown man I'm just like girl like yes she is yeah like I I I it it didn't she kept calling her a child and I'm just kind of like I I don't know if you're if you're in your feelings right now or if you're actually self-aware here yeah it felt to me that a lot of what the vixen is responding to is things that are again, that are outside of drag race and manifesting in drag race. And so she's, I think it's like she's seeing hints of, or examples of things that are a larger problem and have been a larger conflict in her life. She's seeing hints of that now here in the workroom. Right. And, and certainly it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, Oh God, the zombies are getting in, you know, Oh God, the, like, you know, the, the, the smoke's getting in. How do we, you start to, you know, you go into like, how do I, you go into survival mode, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I think that's that's why I'm not just going to this place of like, you know, because obviously it's some issues with the Vixen's uh, reactions a few weeks ago. Um, and I'm not just going to that place again of like, oh, like this, I don't like this energy. I don't like how people, I don't. Yeah, but I, just, I, but I, but I, yes, I, I'm totally hearing you that mm-hmm. like, sure. I, I understand that where she was on this runway was reactionary, mm-hmm. but she was wrong. Like mm-hmm. she, and maybe she doesn't know that even now, but she said, quote, you don't try to change. You just say, this is who I am. Deal with it. That's exactly what the Vixen does. Mm-hmm. And so for her to throw that at Eureka and, and not kind of see that in herself, I'm just kind of like, you can't throw that at Eureka if you're doing the same thing. I agree I with don't that. think that's right. No, I agree with that. I think that is fully hypocritical to say like, oh, you know, you're, you're doing the same thing I'm doing. I think... I think what maybe is is making it even harder for for the vixen is like you're not changing and like nobody's pressuring you to. And 
and everyone seems to be pressuring me to change right. or reminding okay, me to change. Okay, that's true. And so I think it's, I, I think that that is fully hypocritical, like that uh, that initial point, but it's like I just keep thinking about, oh, what is she really responding to here? Yeah, I mean, you if know? we don't have to accept um, Eureka not changing, then mm-hmm. we should also not have to accept the Vixen not changing. Right, or, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, if, if we're okay with Eureka staying at a 10, then, like, we should be the same for the Vixen. Right. Especially if we consider that the Vixen is... Yes, it's responsive. It's responsive. It's to reactionary. The, it's reactionary. It's emotional. Um, yeah. I mean, yes, it creates that situation where queens wonder if they're going to do something that is going to incite a reaction. I I don't know where I land with that yet because I also don't know if I think the Vixen is that much of like a... like I don't, I don't know if she's flying off the handle quite that much. Right. You right, know what I mean? Right. Um, I think if you look at the situations where she has gotten angry, it's like, well, I mean... What did you expect? Came for her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I see all of that. I also think that you know it's important to call it out when it's not fair or yep. when it's hypocritical. And it seems like there was a, a lot of hypocritical language. Uh, and we'll talk more about that in Untucked. Mm-hmm. And I think it is also very important to be like, okay, why is this queen acting this way? Where is she coming from? What are we not seeing? Mm-hmm. But um, what I do know, what I did hear was not fair. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Eureka did, you know, step on the vixen's answer, you know. Yeah, and then, honestly, I, I understood certainly but you gotta fight. Eureka in that situation of like, we're sitting here in front of RuPaul and the judges, and I yeah. want them to have respect for me as an artist, right. and you are cutting me down at the worst point. I'm definitely going to speak up. Right. I had, I completely was on Eureka's side with that, of like, you're yeah. not going to just do yeah. this. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm there too. I get I'm that. I'm there too. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I thought it was super interesting that Asia's like, because I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. The vixen has, oh, the most gro- yeah. has the most room for growth. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, adult in the room. I know. Admitting she's an adult. <laughs> I loved hearing that. I was like, well, because I'm an adult, I'm like, yes, yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Aquaria and Monique um, and Monet, they all pick the vixen. Yeah. Um, and not for anything to do with her character, but just her drag. None of it felt personal. No. It felt like objectively, if you're asking me, like but, Monique kept saying. Yeah. You're asking me here at this point in the competition, I'm going to give you an answer. But if you're the vixen, you're only going to take it personally. Because Which sucks. Well, That's sh- the game. That's why RuPaul asked the question. And I wish the vixen was there in her life to be like, oh, RuPaul and the producers do this and it's a shitty move. Mm-hmm. And I have to just kind of be like, oh, fuck you bitches. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's like she's had to contend with this feeling of people always questioning her drag. Yeah, right. And now she's in a situation where that is exactly what's happening. And her happening. friends, yeah. Yeah. And, and nobody's picking her enemy, you know? Yeah, so I mean, that is like, to come in with that kind of damage, this is like the worst situation you could be in. Right, right. You know? <laughs> um, so I, I recognize that. Um, you know, Aquaria wins this trip to Fire Island. Yeah. So, and I'm yeah. kind of like, that could be a punishment too. Yeah, right? It's like, well, <laughs> it's Cherry Grove, so at least there's a little bit more to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, there'll be more mermaid photo shoots there. Totally. And, um, I'm sh- I'm, and I love that it was like... Rack, you know? Yeah, she was like, okay, well, uh, I, I have a share anyway, so I guess I'll, you know... <laughs> Like, it's just one of those things I... It, she I, has a share. Has sorry. A share. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the pines. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cherry Grove, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> it's the fucking ice palace. What do you want yeah. from me, Jeff? <laughs> oh, God, what do you want from me, Jeff? Um, yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, so Aquaria wins. And, of course, uh, Monique and the Vixen are in the bottom two. For a great lip sync song. Oh, I 
full disclosure, I think I'm with Nick Kachanov on this from Squirrel Friends. I this is the first time I've heard this song. Wow. <laughs> I've been living under a rock. Welcome. I just kind of like avoid Carly Rae Jepsen because of that song that came out years ago. Oh that I no, was overplayed. She is she is turning it the fuck out in okay, pop Mary. music. All and right. I you know I don't like to like things other people like because I'm so cool. <laughs> But I got to give it where credit's due. Right. The, and this, I mean, this girl, and she is like, I think she's writing all her own songs or producing all Good her own music. Yeah. And I think she had, she had an album. She'll produce like 50 tracks and then try to narrow it down to 12 for an is album. Is she producing them? I think that she has some hand in it. I okay. really do. I, I don't know the extent, but I'm giving her credit. It's not like, that sounds good. No, no, no. I think that she's got way more of a hand in her music. Okay. And she's doing really interesting, like catchy, good pop music. I, I want to cut to the feeling. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> um, there is, there's another song of hers. Um, Oh, uh, take me with you. I think. This, I think. This, anyway, at the beginning of it, there is a saxophone, and you love it. No, but I thought, oh god, like, oh, don't do that. For a moment, I thought it was that song, and I was like, you guys got to be fucking kidding me. Oh. But it wasn't. Um, but then the, the second worst thing happened. She didn't know no, the, the words. words. Yeah, you know, I she could have played this comedically, mm-hmm. um, and kind of hid that. Uh, she her cartwheel could have been funny. Um, yeah, but, you know, it kind of it came off as a gaff, and obviously, who was it? Uh, Carson didn't Carson love it. was not feeling it. Um, yeah, I will say the vixen rolled, she split, she changed rhythm again in her steps. She did a great cartwheel. Yeah, you know, I she knew the words, she killed it. Yeah, I um, mean that. Yeah, that role, that Jasmine Masters role. Sure, I was very impressed. Yeah, yeah it was um, great. Um, Monique didn't know the words I do yeah. think though that the narrative was pushing That the Vixen was going to go home I yeah. do think that the Vixen has kind of Like played out The story mm-hmm. arc that they've edited her to have yeah. She's gotten out a lot of truth She's built a really really fantastic Platform mm-hmm. and I think RuPaul was surprised Yeah it's kind of like Nina Bonita Brown and Valentina Yeah exactly Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's very well said Though there is a part of me that feels like I mean, I guess I'm very curious to see what what we get left of the vixen in terms of this story or where it goes <clears throat> where it goes next. Because I guess it's just been it's been an interesting narrative and an interesting like perspective. Mm. And I don't know if we've ever gotten it so we've never gotten it like this before. We've never seen this story told so boldly okay. about you know the challenges of being a black gay drag queen in America. Uh-huh. I mean, I. I mean, I as know. a white person, I'm educated for sure. Completely. You know, I'm listening. My ears are wide open. You yeah, know? I have to say, like the vixen has been so educational for me because, yeah, I was super resistant, especially well, in the even interact, interacting with a lot of our our listeners. I mean, mm-hmm. Sister Mary Glenda, thank you so much for all of your emails and your insights. Uh, told us a great story of how she has compassion with the vixen because of what she's dealing with and, and being in a world where people don't want you to be who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I think she's an important figure to have on drag race. It's just like, well, should Monique have stayed longer or not? You know, I mean, it's a tough sacrifice. Yeah. And if you're going to go for aesthetics of drag and if you're going to go for personality, Monique is certainly going to have more fans than the Vixen because the Vixen is just very, um, polarizing yeah and mm-hmm. and that is that that's a fine aspect of drag but yeah. uh i think for a you know a, a, a mainstream ish tv show yeah the monique probably should have stayed one week longer 
she probably has more appeal in <clears throat> in the sense of drag race. And, yeah, and people read mm-hmm. the Vixen for her looks aren't as complete mm-hmm. or, you know, she's not as polished, quote unquote. Right. Um, I just think there's, I'm, it, it's just been, it just feels like a valuable story to be told. I don't think that's a reason to keep someone in a competition over somebody no, else. No, I don't either. But I'm just looking at the, the positives of her being in the race one more week. Yeah, of course. You know? Of course. Um, I mean, I think it's important. You know, and and Mary's, you may read us for filth and be like, "Why don't you hate the vixen?" It's just yeah. like it's we don't really hate anybody. It's okay? not really what we do. Here <laughs> I'm at sorry, Mary. Mary. Yeah. Like I'm really sorry. It's yeah. not that we're biased either. Like yeah. we're just trying to figure out why all of these queens are on and why they're in our faces and why yeah. they should stay in our faces. Yeah. So uh, you know, yeah. I I totally get that many of you have written in and been like. Eureka's the worst and then yeah. some of you written and been like the vixen is the worst and we see it all like yeah. I totally get why both are the worst mm-hmm. and I don't understand why they can't both be the worst and both be the best right you know that's the reality right is like people yeah. are complex the vixen acted like a hypocrite mm-hmm. and you know Eureka stepped on her time yeah and and two things one we are seeing and I we talked about this I think with all-stars three and Thorgy and racial things like we are seeing a very edited version of of a lot of content sure. it's highly curated right not to blame the edit it's just highly curated we all know that so there's that element um and then there's just like i don't know i think there's just the larger element of like you know we our opinions change on these queens all the time yeah beginning of the season i was just not here for aquaria not only am i impressed with her track i like who she is right i see him yeah and the beginning of the season i was all for eureka and mm-hmm. then i'm just like oh, no, I don't really like your I'm anymore. just not. As and then, you know, it's and, and then she did really well, you know, in mm-hmm. the DragCon panel. And I'm just like, OK, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it can change. It certainly can. Yeah. And I, I I think that we can stand for Monique Hart and be like, she can do no wrong yep. and be right about it. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> yeah. Facts are facts, America. Um, well, you know, it brings up the question that I was thinking about today and maybe it's just a, a one I put out in the air, but what what does or what can RuPaul's Drag Race teach us about forgiveness? Sure. Oh, you know? absolutely. Even as as viewers. Even as an abrasive, um, childlike behavior of the Vixen this episode. And mm-hmm. no tea, no shade, but like, or all tea, no shade. Sure. It's like what she was acting like was, was insecure and mm-hmm. immature. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. And I'm just kind of like, do I want that on Drag Race? Well, it's really interesting conversation now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. And yet for some reason, I I just want to understand it. Like I just, I can just see that there's more there yeah. when there's other queens who have been obnoxious or have been childlike right. and I don't really want to see anymore. Yeah, I mean, Laganja Estranja, like, I remember being like, oh, when is she going to go home? But yeah. I still kind of celebrate all of her, like, quirkiness. Yeah, and and I think, you know, watching the season, yeah, I wasn't able to really embrace what her iceberg was underneath. Right. But over time, I was able to recognize, oh, okay, I see who you are as a human being. Sure. You know? Sure, and um, I think that's fine. Yeah, and I think that's kind and of... And maybe people don't want to go that deep. And maybe people are going to be like, nope, Vixen's a bitch, Eureka's too loud, and, you know, Aquarius stuck up. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, fine. That's, and that's Yeah, what's, that's one way to watch the show. That's Absolutely. one. That's what's great about Drag Race. Yeah. If you want to watch from that lens, yeah. girl. Yeah. I don't think it's worth to I don't know to kind of spew hate our way oh. just because we're not uh, agreeing with you um, yeah. because I think in many ways we are agreeing with you because we're we're saying okay have your opinion mm-hmm. just yeah. just don't send death threats to Queen <laughs> right 
Well, I think it's like, you know, I, I mean, I think there's, and I know this from listening to podcasts or watching reviews, is you kind of want your points of view validated. Yeah, of course. Or clarified or whatever. And like, I think that, yes, we, it's like, oh, I see this. I also see this side. I also see this side. It's just like. I think Aquaria winning, it's like, yes. Aquaria mm-hmm. should have won that runway, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Should she have won Snatch Game? I don't know. Are are you going to take the runway into consideration? Because yeah. if you do, I think, yeah, she won Snatch Game. I mean, I think her technique was really good. I think that she fig- her, her Melania may not have been like Meryl Streep worthy, but it was strong enough. And her technique of of banter and that China joke and coming up with one liners. Yeah, and she was there. She was there, and that's really important. And you know, and she made Rue laugh. Right. She made Rue laugh. Right. And how many times do we have to be told that's yeah. all you have and, to do? You know, at the end of the day, I loved Asia's fish look, mm-hmm. but at the at the same time, I wanted her to be in the bottom because I yeah. didn't think Beyonce made up for it. She did everything. Or I don't think it made up for Beyonce. She did everything you're not supposed to do in Drag Race. Yeah. Her technique was a zero. Right. A, you chose Beyonce. Yeah. And B, you were completely like you shut everyone down. Yeah. Stepping on people, romper yeah. room fuckery. Yeah. yeah. It's and and the vixen again, not just uh, her behavior aside, her hypocrisy aside, um, you know, and her and also her truths aside. Mm-hmm. Her blue ivy choice was a risk that didn't work out. Yep. And her runway, she looked great on the top. And it didn't look great on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, so you're in the bottom and right. so is Asia. But it, it didn't happen that way. Our, our, the one that we're biased for. Right. And yet funny. I can also be objective enough to recognize that like. Yeah, we're biased. The, and, and, and we are, of course, because I think that like, I think that she's just an amazing drag queen and a great personality. And I'm, I'm so excited about Monique Hart. I'm yeah. so grateful that I know about her now. Um, but I think that like. I can see, yeah, the Maxine Waters didn't work and the runway was not enough at this point and that doesn't take away the fact that you've been working your ass off to create that. I get that. But like at some point we have to, facts are facts. Right. You know, the Vixen objectively, you know, should have gone home. Yeah. And objectively Monique. She didn't do it. Yeah. She didn't do it. And she knew that. Yeah, she knew it. Um, well, I'm excited to see what happens next week. Um, I guess my prediction would be that the Vixen is going to be on the bottom. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if she is, we know she's going home. Yeah, I think it's either the Vixen's turn or it's Monet. Yeah. I to feel go like, home? Yeah, I feel like... I feel like... You, you can pack it up, Mary. She is, <laughs> this is her, her... Next week is her first win. Oh, you think so? Oh, 110%. Okay. I, so then it's going to be Asia and the Vixen in the bottom. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Vixen, I think... I think we need to see Asia lip sync. What if it's Miss Cracker? <gasps> oh, man. Because, I mean... The Vixen could totally send Cracker home. Yeah, I guess I just... I. The crack, the cracker, Miss Cra- <laughs> the cracker. Well, you know, um, you know, Miss Cracker. I don't, I have not seen her do anything like this before, so I don't know how much is in her wheelhouse. Okay, but who knows? Yeah. Sometimes queens do things that are not in their wheelhouse, and they can spin right through. Well, Marys, if you have any thoughts on Snatch Game season ten, we know it was, uh, a, a, you know controversial episode because sure. it maybe wasn't the best snatch game ever um you can let us know by email at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on twitter at allrightmary or find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com and of course if you want to get more mary into your life than you already have you can head over to patreon.com backslash allrightmary to get access to our bonus episodes that's yeah. one a week uh we just did 
what did we just do? Aaron Brockovich. Yes. And uh, next week is going to be Boomerang. Mm-hmm. Um, Boomerang, which you might recognize from BB's Harbonnet's All Stars 3 Snatch Game. That's right. Um, and of course, you know the drill. Um, if you want to head over to iTunes and leave a five star rating, would be amazing. And a positive review would be even better. If you are into what we're doing, uh, that'd be a great way to let other potential Marys know that this is a podcast worth their time, talent, and energy. And of course, we're going to continue the conversation about Untucked and Nuance, our next episode uh, that comes out just the same time as this one. Um, But for now, we're going to leave you with a last chance lip sync. In complete honor of Monique Hart, we give you She Works Hard for the Money by Donna Summer. I, we couldn't think of a better one. Facts are facts. To kind of fit. You know, she works hard for the money and yeah. you better treat her right. Yeah. You can't say the bitch didn't try. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. All yeah. right, Marys. We'll see you around Untucked. Here is She Works Hard for the Money. Bye.